That's the idea, Rand. That's the attitude. The attitude? Yeah, the attitude dictates that you don't care whether she comes, stays, lays, or prays. I mean, whatever happens, your toes are still tapping. Now, when you got that, <laughs> then you have the attitude. Right. Now, in honor of our special guest, I've created dinner mondu. First, we have French fries and French dressing and French bread and to drink, ta-da, Peru. It says he represents the Tanaka clan. You don't look like Tanaka. Shidoshi Tanaka, train me. What's the whole up? He says Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi. What's the difference if Bruce Springsteen is his Shidoshi? If Senzo Tanaka is his Shidoshi, then show us the Dimak. What the hell is a Dimak? Death touch. I'm never eating again. Wasn't that bad? It's a boat ride, it is. No. It was the pork rinds. Pork rinds! Ah! <laughs> we sure had fun, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah, we sure did. What year are you? Freshman. Give me a buck. Good get it. Just for the Hell of It podcast, featuring the Just for the Hell of It podcast players, Jim Werner, Eric Shea, and Reggie Hasselhoff. You can contact us at Just for the Hell of It podcast at gmail.com. And now, just on to the show. Just bought a hell of it. Uh, uh, uh. Bought a hell of it. Uh, uh, uh. Just bought a hell of it. Bought a hell of it. Ah, we're oh, back. Boy. We are back. Is this an emergency podcast? People yelling for those? Yeah, People still going for it. I, I think our pilot episode uh, was okay, and we got picked up for a full season. Woo! What do you think of that? You, but the problem is I'm British, and a full season means two episodes. That's and right. And then we'll take two years uh, off and come back with a Christmas special. That right. sounds amazing. Yeah. Let's that do it. your stupid-ass shows go, Eric? Although, what, you mean Sherlock, which everybody loves? Shows that you like? Pfft, that's not what we're <laughs> talking about. You know, what are we here talking about tonight? 80s movies. 80s movies. Top five 80s movies. And the thing is, to me, the last one we did, obviously, was a cereal podcast. And it sent me down the rabbit hole of eating cereal uh, ad nauseum until I almost threw up. I, 
I guess this one's going to make me get back to habitual masturbation. All right. That's basically what I did with most of these movies. A lot of my movies in the 80s, that's all it was about. That's why when MTV came out, I loved it. It was just some of these know. movies I only saw five minutes over and over and over. Yeah, I didn't. I never actually on. got to the end. Well, we have some rules. That, and again, this is general. this is yes, this is the eighties top five eighty movies. I don't. What am I saying? For each of us, we're going to pick our top fives to tell about them. But there are some rules. Uh, number one rule is the movies must have come out in the eighties. Obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, no Star Wars or Indiana Jones. And that's only because that would be my whole list, pretty much. Might as well. I, me and me Eric too. Actually, it would be over. Yeah, me and Eric actually spelled it out that we think one movie might have cracked that top five other than Star Wars or Indiana Jones movies. Bloodsport. Yes, and it wouldn't have been that. But uh, And I even put in here, these aren't our favorite These are our favorite movies. It's not what we consider the uh, be-all, end-all of cinema. The creme de la creme. uh, Or else we would all have picked American Ninja as our number one movie. (laughs) Obviously. Because we all know it. I'm going to include that. No Star Wars, Indiana Jones, or anything with Michael Dudikoff. Because if we did that, (laughs) my whole list would be the... Uh, Bachelor Party's off the table. It's off the table. Uh, And the other thing I'm going to mention right now, it's a little spoiler, but we do have a website and a podcast that's named after a certain... 80s movie, a Weird Science. Not on my list. Is it on any of yours? Boy, not at all. No, it's not on our list, which is crazy. I'm sure everybody thought that that would be on one of our lists. It is love not. the movie, but I love other movies more. Yes, yeah. that would probably be in my top 20, but it, you, oh, you'd actually sure. have to go. I don't even know that that would hit my top 10. Though it's of probably just the my, 80s? Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, I don't think that would be top 10 for me. It'd probably be uh, probably 12, I'd say. I'd say it would be in the top. It's not you know, my favorite 20, John 15. Hughes movie, even. So, no. I'll talk about that a little later. And you also, like I want to go. Sue the best. Yes. Before we start <laughs> off, I do want to ask you, Reggie. Um, any fucked up fucking confessions you want to tell us about? <laughs> like last week, all any of a sudden, soggy you, cereal oh my God, you, you hit me with that soggy cereal, and then the marshmallows was like a one-two punch. I thought Ivan Drago fucking punched me right upside the head. Well, you know, it's yeah. funny. I do actually have an amazing confession that's going to really piss you guys really? off. You're really <laughs> angry. Oh my God. That when I was a kid in the 80s, yes. I did not, I chose not to watch army movies. Really? Or any, any violent, any gunplay, Rambo. No gunplay. Uh, I don't like any of those movies. Even, How about even hot Fred, ass play? Were you into that? A little bit of that. Okay. A little bit. That's fine. I get no where you're coming play. from. Like, I'm talking about gunplay even like a lethal weapon. Yeah, I didn't, well that Die came out hard. in 89, 90, 90. Yeah. No, uh, it's in the 80s. I, I didn't see yeah, any of those it. movies in the theater. I saw yeah. them all a lot later because as a little kid, I was just really against guns. I just wasn't about it's watching the jingoistic yeah. military recruitment movies, Jim. Oh, God. I the same thing I guys hate guns. For the Dean and Breakfast Club. Yeah, I hate guns. I love gunplay. I, I like <laughs> watching it on the, on the screen. I don't like it anywhere near my house. I, I agree. And I wouldn't... I actually... I've only held a gun probably twice in my life. My dad was a big uh, guy who would go to the range and shoot at the gun range. And he told me, he's like, hey, he'd always try to get me to hold these guns. And this is later in life. I mean, I'm in my 30s at this point. And he's trying to tell. And I did one time, I remember, pick it up, and I held it sideways, and he got very racist with me. (laughs) Really? Yes, he told me that. That's Puerto Ricans. He said Puerto Ricans. And I'm like, what are you talking about? I just held it. Uh, I, that's I, a cool I, way I just to hold made a this gun. look cool, Dad. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And then, uh, that was it. And then one like, time, he's the typical where he was cleaning out a gun and it shot, I don't, shot a hole in the wall. 
And nice. I stopped. I stopped holding those guns. My dad, once he stopped losing, or he started losing his memory and stuff like that, you don't want to get around a guy with a gun like that. No, I'm uh, still. I mean, now I've seen those movies. I, you know, yeah. I've gone back and watched uh, classic Rambo flicks, and yeah. and uh, I can't remember the one with the other one with Sylvester Stallone, Commando. Uh, Cobra. No, that's Arnold. Cobra. Cobra. Yeah. Cobra. Like Cobra. Uh, over the top. I got you. Yeah. Over the top. Over. That's not on my list, but I do like putting that hat backwards. That that'll yeah, that win you in any movie. competition. Was... No, no, no. He he showed off his gun something fierce in that movie. Oh, that's true. That kind of gunplay I was okay with. Yo, you, the what gun I show to... was in town there, right? What I tried to ride by. Oh, head. right. I, but I, yeah, I, I said we're gonna get really uh, on point with this one, right? Right. On point. So I don't even. Do you want me to start? You want to? Oh, somebody else what's start? your number five movie? My number five movie is Better Off Dead. And Excellent choice. This came up actually last second because I had some other movies here. I, I kept flipping and flopping on this one. I actually watched Better Off Dead with my son this week, and it kind of convinced me that yes. Does it ever feel like everyone's got more going than you do? Oops. <laughs> that everyone is smart. So you're Al Myers, kid? Yes, I am. You look pretty stupid to me. Thank you. You say the best skier in town just ran off with your girlfriend? Even your younger brother does better than you do? <laughs> and that nobody even cares? That broke up with me. Oh, that's nice. Well, you might be right. But remember one thing. I haven't even been to New York City. Nobody was ever better off dead. The truth is, I can outski you any day of the week. Oh, really? Yeah, you want to race? I'll take you on any day, sucker. Go that way, really fast. If something gets in your way, turn. All you need is guts. All right, now turn. I'm gonna race. I'm gonna lose, and I'm gonna die in that order. Go. And you'll never doubt yourself again. He's skiing on one ski. Better off dead. That's a real shame when folks be throwing away a perfectly good white boy like that. An abnormal look. It was directed by one of Eric's favorite guys, Savage Steve Holland. Yeah. And it starred John Cusack, Curtis Armstrong, Aaron Dozier, I'll talk about later, Dan Schneider, Diane Franklin, and Amanda Weiss. Amanda Weiss. And I'm going to go to the IMDb for the description of this because I I think that IMDb is very funny when it comes to these descriptions because I guess they want to keep them very short and sweet. So I don't know who writes them or if it's even somebody who can write in, but it, it says, uh, Better Off Dead is a movie about a teenager who has to deal with his girlfriend dumping him among family crisis, homicidal paper boys, and a rival skier. And, of course, that rival skier is Roy Stalin. And if we ever have a list of biggest douchebags in movies, Roy Stalin will be on there. But also uh, Dan Schneider, who plays Ricky, is one of the biggest. But I, I love this movie. It was one of the movies where when I saw it as a kid, and like I said, it came out in 85, so I was like 15, 16 years old. I saw this in the theater, and I thought... It was so good, and I. This is my favorite, like fourth wall breaking movie, even above <laughs> yeah. Ferris Bueller. I love it, and I, I really. It was weird when I saw it. I thought it was so hilarious. Never really thought that John Cusack was trying to kill himself because that, that's pretty morbid. But I really, I really enjoyed it. I like almost everything about it. it has great lines. Um, I even put 
in that my favorite two characters really are Ricky and Charles DeMar. Curtis this is Armstrong my favorite character as well. It's so good. And Ricky, me and Eric were talking about earlier this week, where we love Ricky. He's such a loser, correct? Yeah, correct. But remember For the sure. scene when he's sitting with Monique, and they, they, he brings her lunch at school. He's also a bully. He's like the, the he's a hybrid because yeah. he sits down and really shoves that one guy away. Yeah, that one guy's it. in his seat. He picks up his book and just throws yeah, it and throws then sits it. in his place. Oh, it's the best. But, yeah, this has some crazy things. Of course, there's Savage Steve Holland, so you got some claymation. you got animation. Everybody on. wants and some. It's one of it's those awesome. movies that make me laugh because half of the shit in this movie really doesn't flow well together. And especially because of that scene where he's working with a Porky. Freaking Porky owns the uh, the hamburger stand the or whatever. Stand, yeah. Out of nowhere, he's just working there, only to throw in the claymation. Everybody wants some with the hamburger. It makes no sense because earlier he hits freaking Porky's truck twice, and yet uh, is there any sort of explanation? Uh, Reg, Not you, at all. You like this, right? Is there any yeah. explanation of why he, is he trying to pay off the debt of the damage he's done to that car? <laughs> I didn't watch it as recently as you, but I don't remember. It's I, so I assumed weird. it's just Savage Steve Holland had some uh, hamburger and pickle claymation yeah. figures sitting around. And wanted yep. to get and he wanted to get it going. Too. And in the movie, throughout the whole thing, uh, Lane, who John Cusack's uh, Lane Meyer, his character, his girlfriend broke up with him, Beth. And through the whole movie, the running gag is everybody's asking him, "Hey, since you're not going out with Beth anymore, yeah. can I?" Including Barney Rubble. Which That's I right. thought was the greatest, and that one teacher, that science teacher, I don't That's even have his name. That it's guy, a ghost. it's the, and it's the uh, subway ghost. Yeah, the ghost. subway ghost. So that guy was everywhere. He has the most bizarre look, and yet he's so great. I love I, that guy. I first saw that guy in Punky Brewster. He played this fucking guy Punky. called Mr. Bones. Mr. Scared Bones, the shit uh, out of me. Yeah, he's a scary guy. Um, also, I, I wrote a thing, and in, in my picks, I have a couple little. Uh, Funny little uh, asides that Aaron Dozier plays Roy Stalin in it, who's the the big dickhead. Um, actually retired in '85. He gave up acting. And I'm, th- I thought he was great. I thought he did a really good job. And I thought he was Billy Zabka. I thought yeah, everybody <laughs> seems to think he was Ted McGinley. I yeah. told you. And he retired. And the last thing that you can find on him of what he did was he was the ski coach for the Boston College ski team, which is great. It's freaking Roy Stalin is that. Uh, the only thing I have here, and I love <laughs> Life imitates art. Yeah, so, so I this, guess he was a good skier, you yeah, know, for the movie. Uh, yeah, yeah did he, his thing. And uh, I love John Cusack. The only thing that really upsets me about this whole thing and him is that he hated this movie. He actually walked out of the premiere and told uh, Steve Holland that he was a, basically, you made me look like a fool, you asshole, and stormed out and does not like to talk about this movie at all. For ever. Her. Yeah, That's ever. too he bad. He hates it. Um, other things about that it. Kills me. I, we both, Jim and I talk about this all the time, how much we love John Cusack. Yeah, we love him. And how much it kills us that he won't talk about his time on set. It's such a fun movie. Um, they... Um, the thing with the paperboy, the two dollars, probably my least favorite part of the movie. Everybody loves that. The, we got all the, the side plots going on with this two dollars. We have this freaking uh, those racers. Yeah, you have the racers. You have yeah. the Japanese racers who learn That's from hilarious. watching Howard Cosell. You have uh, his little brother who keeps getting these mail order things. He's making a rocket. He's picking up trashy women. That was my favorite. And actually, that actually the, the I wanted those books, How to Pick Up Trashy Women. I had, I had the, How you? to Pick Up Trashy Women. It was a novelty book because what it was. 
was different ways to literally pick women up, like with a a freaking fork truck. Exactly, like a <laughs> forklift, or you oh. can put them on a pulley, or you know, it's just different ways to pick them up off the ground. It, it worked for that little brother, and yeah. even even the side car, you you have the mailman. Who's walking? He's listening to music while he's and shits fall. The mail's falling all over. That's the place. right. He doesn't give I a shit. I love that guy. Um, my favorite scene in it is actually at the near the end uh, when they have the school dance. Actually, it's probably in the middle where uh, Lane shows up with Charles Demar and they walk in and Stone's like, "Hey there, uh, I love your date there. You should have shaved her first. And Charles <laughs> Demar has never heard anything funnier. And in fact, through this whole dance, he keeps popping up and like making the shaving motion to Roy. And Roy, st- he's getting so angry because there's nothing worse than trying to, you know, get yeah. a zinger on somebody for the other person to think it's the funniest thing ever. I and love Curtis Armstrong. Driving like on the show. ground. And the yeah, last who doesn't thing, love Curtis yeah, Booger Armstrong? Yeah. And the last <laughs> thing I'll say about this is I also love at that dance, I always liked, I thought E.G. Daly was hot as hell. Oh, my and God. she was singing, and she was singing the song at the dance, which was called One Way Love, Better oh, Off Dead. And it, I it, love that song. I love that song. It's an that awesome song. song. Is so good. I hope you cue it up right now, Reggie, when we're, when we're listening to this. Oh, really? Thanks, 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 for the, thanks for the tip. Yes, there's an editing tip for <laughs> and you. And when I, when I hear it now, all I can hear is Tommy Pickles from Rugrats. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah, I love this movie. It's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> That's E.G. Daly played the yes. voice of Tommy Pickles. Oh, uh, right. well, I don't know. He's, I, I didn't know either. Eric was his crazy things. But, yeah, I really love it. That is my number five pick. Nice. Very good. Oh, what is yours, Eric? Mine is Return of the Living Dead. Ooh. Y'all, y'all yeah, see uh, Netflix? No. They only come at night. They're me, Ruth, and dead. Not them. Them. How many did you say? A hundred. The dead are refusing to remain buried. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? We're going to call the boss. They've come back to life. They're hungry. And they're not vegetarians. The graveyard out there is full of people coming out of the ground. We have a little problem. What the hell is going on there? Rabbit weasels. What? More brains. Grave and ready to party. The return of the living dead. Well, it's from 1985. It's directed by Dan O'Bannon and starring Tom Matthews and James Karen. Do you know who James Karen is? I do not. He is the guy from Poltergeist who moved the bo- uh, oh. headstones but left the bodies. He, uh, yes. oh. Who I always think is the mayor in Jaws. Yes, he isn't the mayor. Have you have you actually looked that up, though? I have confirmed that, yes. that he is not the mayor Eric of Jaws. Eric always thinks this guy, it's the same guy that he always ends up doing, like, the worst things for anybody. Yeah. Uh, what is he doing in this movie? In this one, he cre- creates a zombie apocalypse. Nice. Yep. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a bad dude. No, really, though, it's about Tom Matthews and James Karen. They work at a medical supply company, and we find out that the Night of the Living Dead is a real thing. It's a real movie in this movie. But it's based on a true story. This, these trioxin, these gas canisters were uh, let loose, and it created this zombie plague that the government had to, like, you know, sweep under the rug, get rid of. And they're talking about some of the barrels fell off a truck, and they wound up at this medical supply company. And he's showing Tom Matthews when a freaking uh, they hit it, and the gas starts leaking out, causing the whole movie. 
and it's hilarious. It is one of the first movies that I can recall that combined the horror comedy element. Like not like the zombies talking for the first time. Exactly. And this is the first time we see it zombies going for brains, which they say over and over again. Yep. I love this movie so goddamn much. And y'all have nothing to say about it, do you? No, I've never seen it. You didn't even I saw it when I was a kid. Uh I remember loving it. I'm saying I love horror flicks and the eighties are my go to decade for horror. And I you know, I could have a gigantic list of my favorite 80s horror flicks, but I think this has to be this is a movie that anybody can enjoy. You don't have to be a horror fan because it's so funny, it's so over the top, and it has Linnea Quigley dancing completely naked on oh, a tombstone. Really? I'm in. I don't even know who that is, and I'm in. Is she a Linnea zombie? Quigley. No. Well she becomes one. Okay. I'm in. How long is it? Is it uh five hours long? It's a ninety minute movie, I believe. Okay. So. I can probably deal with that. But yeah. Anything else? That's all I think I got on this, but it, everybody should check this film out because it's hilarious. It's fucking over the top and great just to watch. I just did a check because to me the best of these uh, sequels to Night of the Living Dead is Dawn of the Dead, but thinking No, no, this is this is not a direct uh, sequel to that. This is a spinoff because John uh, Russo, who wrote it, um, he was a co-writer on Night of the Living Dead. And they actually had a legal battle with uh, George Romero. Uh, who gets to use the Living Dead title? And oh, really? Russo won. That's why after Night of the Living Dead, huh. it became Dawn of the Dead and then Day of the Dead instead of Living Dead. Ah, oh, interesting. I did not know that. I didn't either. Very interesting. Well, then I, I rescind <laughs> my comment. I do think Dawn of the Dead is probably a better movie overall, but it is not even part of that series, nor is it from the well, 80s. So you might, you strike might, it from the record. You might like it, too. The director, Dan O'Bannon, he wrote two of the segments in Heavy Metal. He uh, co-wrote Total Recall. He did the computer uh, effects work in Star Wars. I remember this being an awesome movie. I remember the zombies looking the best up to that point. Uh, It was so good. I'm going to watch it again tonight. I love this movie so goddamn much. I'm going to go watch it now. Maybe I I should watch it. He's going to fucking watch ten movies after this. And it'll take him ten minutes. He has some (laughs) vortex in his fucking house. I'm telling you. It's amazing. Until he starts doing reviews. Ooh, Ooh burn. Hey, Reggie, what's your number five? My number five is The Terminator. Oh, nice. 1984, directed by James Cameron, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, and who cares? Yes. Linda Hamilton. No, no one cares. No one cares. <laughs> it's, you know I mean, this, this is the one that started it all, the, the uh, Terminator franchise, and, and kicked off a whole genre of dystopian post-nuclear movies that just did not stop coming for a long time. You but know it doesn't what? matter anymore, Reggie, because Genesis came out and rewrote all of that. We don't, we don't care. And you know what? Um, <laughs> I didn't really like the first Terminator. I really Why? didn't. Uh, I don't know. I, just, enjoyed it. I don't know. No, it's not even that. It just, I, it just wasn't for me. I saw it when it came out, and I don't know. Then Terminator 2 came out, and I loved it. And then I went back then to watch Terminator and really liked it. But when I first saw it, I, I was not that into it. It is kind of crazy, you know. They, there's there's more, so much to the story you want fleshed out as far as mm-hmm. what goes on in the future. But I don't think James Cameron had the money. Death and destruction. Yeah, I guess you get the idea. Skulls get crushed under tank tread. You know, that's pretty <laughs> yes. much all you need to know. Yep. Uh, yep. You know, but this was this was this was similar to a lot of movies like, oh, what the Evil Dead or. Uh, Alien, you know, where the second, the, the, yeah, the second actually, movie yeah. was almost the a better version. The first Alien, I didn't like either. Oh, right? Alien, Dan O'Bannon wrote that too. Oh, really? They're very different. Dan O'Bannon. Yeah, when yes. I, those are a bunch of movies, like you just said, that the first one didn't really get me. I like more, like, action-adventure. 
and the, the first Alien and even Terminator were pretty dark. And so like Quigley Down Under? Quigley Down yeah. Under and Mr. Baseball. <laughs> the first Alien was like a was like a thriller movie. That was yeah. more of a horror movie than it was any yeah, kind of sci-fi. That's, yeah, that's why I didn't really. I love, love that movie. Yeah, I love uh, it too. But Terminator, I mean Terminator, you know Terminator Two. I did watch three times in the theater, but 1991. Yeah, I, this, so. yeah. I, I saw Terminator One uh, like an hour before, or I, like I said, it'd be two hours before I saw Terminator Two in theaters opening day. Because wow. my father wanted to go see it so bad, and he had me that week, and he's like, look, I'm not going to answer any questions. He went out and read in Terminator. You watch this, and as soon as you're done, we're going to the theater. That's correct. And I was I was blown away. Yeah, Terminator yeah. 2, I love The first, uh, I remember the scene where Arnold wants to use the telephone, and there's this big, like, looks like Hillbilly Jim, the yeah, he wrestler, and he yeah. throws him. Me and my buddy Herb went and re-edited the movie to star him. <laughs> that's that's this is my only story I have of the movie because I, I'm telling you I was not a huge fan and yeah every scene involved that guy yelling because he's like hey man he says something and we we dubbed that oh it was so funny More, like a, a quick side note though the clothes that Arnold wears throughout this movie was were uh, I can't think of his name uh, Bill Paxton's clothes because he was right, the guy Bill stole Paxton. it I yeah, was just yeah. looking that up to see who it was I remember it was uh, somebody who became. Somebody was going to be somebody. Yeah. I almost did that cliche and called him Bill Pullman. Yeah, that's, oh. I always say that. That's crazy. All right, and beef, that's our picks, right? Number five picks. That'll oh, do yeah. it. All right, and then between each pick, we're going to have a little category to throw out there, and this uh, one is our favorite actor and actress from the 80s. And we'll start with you, Eric. Kurt Russell. That's your favorite yeah. Motherfucker was huge in the 80s, and he is what I thought a real man should look like. Really? Skin. Uh, he looked a lot like my father, honestly, so that's what I went with. <laughs> but, come on. But, but the thing, Big Trouble in Little China, going overboard? Or no, no, that's just overboard. Oh, but, yeah. We almost a, watched that Escape tonight. from New York? Did someone Escape from New York? Where he was the baddest, Bango and Cash. Snake Bliskin, baby. Jeez. Yeah, he had a lot. What, uh, what was your actress? My favorite actress. Oh, we're doing that already? Yeah, we're both now, together. I don't want you to call bullshit on this. My favorite actress, just because I had a huge crush on her at the time, but Catherine Mary Stewart. Do any of you know who she is? I have no, no. idea. She is the love interest in Last Starfighter, the main actress oh, yeah. in Night of the Comet, oh. and Weekend at Bernie's. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had such a huge crush on her, man. I had to pick her. No, my goodness gracious. Uh, my, I'll just tell my actor was uh, Eddie Murphy. I actually had Tom Cruise at first, but I went with Eddie Murphy because I was looking at the things that there was. He was in Forty Eight Hours, Trading Places, that stupid best defense, but Beverly Hills Cop, Golden Child, Beverly Hills Cop Two, Coming to America, and Harlem Nights. Raw. All good movies. Harlem Nights is not a good movie. I well, people like Harlem Nights. I'm telling you, there was some others. I I skipped. Uh, What's Alan watching, which was a special TV special. I don't even know what the hell that was. But, yeah, I love that. What Eddie is Murphy Alan now. watching? And even, like you said, Raw and uh, what's Delirious. The other Delirious, one, Delirious. Yeah. I, saw Raw, said, I saw Raw in the theater, and I don't know how they let me into that. I don't even remember if I was with anybody because, boy, that was, that was inappropriate. Uh, my actress is Molly Ringwald. I, oh, look at that. We, and, share, we share an yes. actress. And it was... It, I don't know. She's just she's the '80s to me. It she really is. That's what a... movie she was in. She's just the '80s. And I, I was looking at a bunch of other uh, people's lists and trying to figure out somebody else that I could throw in there. 
really don't have anybody else that I consistently liked throughout. You know, you could, there's, there's other women that are in there and other, like Ali Sheedy, me and yeah, Eric sure. even said, but I'm not a big Ali Sheedy fan. So yeah, I, I didn't want to put her. Demi Moore's early yeah, career. Demi Moore, Ringwald. that's they, same. They were, they were good actresses, yeah. but Molly Ringwald really does typify that decade for yeah, me. Even though, to be honest, even as a kid, I wasn't super attracted to her. I definitely no, found her pretty. I was. Nice. I actually but, told uh, Eric at, at work this week. I'm not very. I wasn't very attracted to her either. But I just the movies. I think of her. She was very cute. She had I, crazy, I love redheads. She bit her lip a lot. That was her go-to. That's movie. right. She did. And that's I mean, so hot. Man. It is. It was pretty hot. Uh yes. And Reggie, what are yours? My favorite actor. Well, you know, my favorite actress is Molly Ringwald. So yeah. my favorite actor is John Cusack. Yes. Who? So what good. more can we say? We already have proven that yeah. we all love him so yes. much. So I do love him. Uh, but we'll move on to our next uh, round of stuff. You want to just keep going in order, or I mean, not order of numbers. Obviously, I mean, you want me to go first, or you guys want to mix it up? Whatever you like. Now nah, we'll just go in order as we were going. My number four. Should be no surprise to anybody here on this podcast, and it is Bloodsport. Wow. It came out in 1988, directed by Newt Arnold. For centuries, the Society of the Black Dragon has sanctioned an ancient rite of combat known as the Kumite. Open only to the world's most lethal warriors. It has never been won by a Westerner. You are not Japanese. I can do it. Now, for the first time, the true story of America's super agent, Frank Dukes, can be revealed. Uncle Sam can't afford to let you get hurt. I'm going to Hong Kong. Frank is going to fight in the Kumite, and we're here to stop him. An awesome human weapon. There's me just looking at it. Who infiltrates the Chinese underworld. I did not come this far to stop now. Thank you. Enter a forbidden competition. Couldn't you just get me in? Strict rules. No press. You're telling me you never break rules? Where every fighting style, every worthy opponent, every deadly technique clash in savage combat. I'm separate the men from the boys. And only one will triumph. Now I break you. Martial arts sensation John Claude Van Damme in Blood Sport, the true story of the ultimate champion. Starring John Claude Van Damme, Donald Gibb, Forrest Whitaker, and Bolo Young. Here's my write-up. Bloodsport is the sort of true uh, is the sort of true but made-up story of Frank Dukes who, after trying to rob the Tanaka family, is taken in to get beat up by Senzo Tanaka's son, Shingo. <laughs> Later, after Shingo's death, that is never really explained, Frank goes AWOL from the army and heads off to fight in a super-secret mixed martial arts tournament that everyone seems to know about, the Kumite. And once in Hong Kong, he befriends Ray Jackson, and a fighter with little visible skill, and Victor <laughs> Lin, the Asian Jimmy Hart. After learning that Frank can grab coins real quick and that Brick's not hit back, the tournament begins and eventually comes down to Frank and the biggest Asian motherfucker I'd ever seen in my life. And spoiler alert, alert uh, Jean-Claude wins by remembering his Whoa, training. Whoa, uh, come on. That is a spoiler alert. He remembered you know, his training while him, grabbing fish and movie. eating dinner blindfolded. <laughs> but yeah, this this movie... 
I can't, it's such a weird deal because I can never explain people to people that why I love it so much. I just love it. I can watch this. Everybody has a movie where if they see it on TV or it comes up that no matter what part it's in on, they, they'll watch the rest of it. And that's me with this. This I is your it. Jaws. I love it so yeah. much. And I don't know if it's because you don't really need that big of a... Uh, Attention span because everything's spelled out in montages throughout the whole thing. Four There's four montages, in this movie. and I'm telling you, this is going to be my main talk. There is a teaching montage at the beginning <laughs> where Master Senzo reaches into a pool and grabs fish. Fish shows Jean Claude how to do it. And the best is, I actually watched a bunch of these scenes. The fish that he grabs is dead. It is not alive. He grabs it. That fish does not move. It's the craziest thing. Then they have a training montage that comes a little later where that's the one where Jean-Claude is tied up, his arms and legs are tied, and it, it forces him into a split. Got to get uh, which, that split going. Again, this movie also probably has Jean-Claude doing splits probably ten times in yeah. it. Uh, and then there's the Fight to Survive montage. Yeah. With the song Fight to Survive, which actually I love Kumite. because Kumite. that has the Kumite. chorus with Kumite. <laughs> uh, and just pushes the fight because the whole second half of the movie is, is the kumite they're fighting so you hit fight this montage and shows everything and then there's the other uh montage which is jean-claude thinking time montage where he, <laughs> that's my favorite and he's actually this is where he's on the bus and he's driving around and he keeps thinking back to all his training and he's thinking up he keeps uh, thinking back Senzo. to the last montage yeah, yeah, he's mentally he actually, training he does he thinks back it's to a montage two montages about last montage the whole universe implodes <laughs> on itself in this movie um one thing I love because I was I was reading the synopsis and stuff like this on Wikipedia or whatever and it really does spell out that Jean-Claude entered the Kumite to go for Shingo who died, his buddy as a kid, uh, which was his master's son. They don't spell out a lot in this movie. I always and, got the idea that Shingo died in the yeah, last Kumite. It never says anything, and that's me and Eric go with that. He died in the last Kumite. I think that maybe what they're going for is Shingo always wanted to go in the Kumite, uh, but never got to. I don't know. But I, they never say why I, he died. Well, I think well, a motorcycle met, accident. They mentioned in one part where like Chan Lee killed somebody in the last Kumite, yeah, and you, I always thought it was you Shingo. Think it's that? Well, that's what I thought. Yeah, they never spell it out, though, and he never seems to know uh, freaking Chung Lee at, at any point, so I don't know. I love it, though. Nobody I mean, knows again, Chung Lee, personally. Going. Chung Lee, that guy scared the shit out of me. I saw this in the theater, <laughs> and I love Me and my buddy Brett went. I loved it so much. And my, fa my favorite scene is the dim mock scene where he goes there, and he's like, I'm from the clan Tanaka. And these guys are like, no, you know from Tanaka. You do dim mock. And I got so mad. Even when I saw this at the theater, I'm like, listen, there is Donald Gibb. This motherfucker does knows nothing. His big move is to, like, put his hands together and punch somebody over the head with him. He's allowed in with no questions move. asked. He's allowed in. <laughs> But yet, John Claude shows up and says he's from this. He's got to show the dim mock and is the big. Are you going to say no to Donald Gibb? I guess not. <laughs> Nobody else seems to have any sort of. They just let anybody in, but not John Claude. Not yet. pretty boy John Claude. And you have the best thing where you have uh, Judge Ito, who he looks like the one guy. Uh, they have all the bricks, and he's about to hit the you know pick brick, pick a brick, and oh the top one. No, he 
bottom brick. <laughs> so good. And then he uses it, and everybody's impressed. Freaking Donald Gibb, I think he orgasms Whoa! his pants. Yeah. You see that? He slaps his pants. You see that? You got to let him in now, brother. I, I wish he would say. But, yeah, then there's freaking Chung Lee. Very good. But Brick, no, he back. And I'm telling you, that's my favorite line of any movie. Uh, I just love every. It also has the classic where when uh, Jean Claude has his first fight, guy gets cut, and Donald Gibb yells, "That's why they call it blood sport." <laughs> yes. He's oh no, I get it. Oh, it's the best. The, uh, saying, it the, has so many different little side things that are so ridiculous because half the shit's made up in my head when I'm doing it. You got a a ref that I think looks like Montel Williams. He looks nothing like he Montel Williams. Like Montel. Why? Like I said, the one ref I that was the most racist thing of the I, podcast. I'm I telling you, I think he does. I think <laughs> that the one guy looks exactly like Judge Edo. Love it. Wow, I was yeah. wrong. Yeah, yeah, so I'll just keep going. But yeah, and also, this was actually one of the first times, I think that this led to a lot of the, uh, like, tough man competition and then the MMA. I'm telling you, this is the start. This was the first time that I ever saw a mixed martial art tournament of this type. Now, again, I was not a big fan. My, my buddy Brett was that we went and saw this. But it really had, you had the, the, uh, African jumping around, uh, breaking things like a monkey. How about that? Was that racist for you? Do you remember that guy who was Holy going around? Cow, he was Jim, going around on, hitting things with coconuts. He was karate yeah, chopping. Yeah. talking about karate chopping coconuts. That guy got his he got his broke uh, back broken. Oh, he was the monkey fighter to me. He was. That was the monkey fighting. Wow. And that's not. It was just his style. Guys, apartheid had ended by this time. You realize that? <laughs> and, and this guy didn't know. And, uh, uh, me and this, actually, this, this movie had three sequels. I, I've not watched any of them. I was not even aware of them. I don't know if anybody really. has. And, uh, me and Eric thought that the best at the end, when Jean-Claude wins, um, he goes to Donald Gibb, who's still in the hospital, because Chung Lee freaking, uh, broke, you break my record, I break your friend. That was a ah. big quote. But he goes to him, and, and Donald Gibb says to him, hey, Wherever you are, if you need me, you call me and I'll be there for you. And me and Eric really, both of us want a sequel where Donald Gibb and Jean-Claude, where they meet up later in some, yeah. point, like a spy thing or whatever. Well, I'm and telling you, the government is after Jean-Claude so yeah. bad in this and movie. And the government's Forrest Whitaker. He's got, and he's got to be a super soldier or something. Yeah. And I want him to go off on a mission where he needs help, calls up Donald Gibb, and it's called Bloodsport 2, Blood Brothers. Yeah, Blood Brothers. I have a, oh, it would be so good. I, I love this. I love every bit of it. And uh, just a quick story when we... When me and my buddy Brett went and saw this, we got so inspired, we went and went to go take free karate lessons at the, the <laughs> Tiger, Tiger, Tiger Shulman's Karate. Oh, yeah, and sure. Did you ever have those? Did they have those in New York? Oh, yeah, they had them. Okay, I never yeah, took yeah. any free karate lessons. Oh, I went, and we got a free gi, and we went there, and they had a sit-down. He was with a bunch of six-year-olds. Yeah, oh, no, no. Actually, a lot of old ladies, because at this point, I'm, martial arts has go, goes through a phases where at one point it was all like hey you know times are tough in the 80s you know bernie gets i when was bernie gets right 80 yeah like around that five maybe yeah. something like and that, that's yeah. that at that point it was like martial arts where oh you self-defense yeah. self-defense and then later it became oh if your kid is all hyper you do this and he learns focus and then it became just exercise whatever but this was the point where it was for self-defense me and brett went we sit down, they have, they pull out this TV VCR going, and it's a video of guys jumping through fucking flames and breaking, uh, baseball bats. Hell yeah, and, boy. Oh, we were loving it. And so then they give us our gig, you put it on over your clothes, 
And uh, they had us do this maneuver where you, it was a protection thing. If you were in close quarters, you go to the thinker pose where you have your hand at your chin and mm -hmm. then boom, and then you, you fling it and out the, and a punch. Stick out the fingers, yeah, and yeah. we were supposed to uh, do this with a, a partner and my buddy Brett broke my nose. He did <laughs> Are it. you kidding he, me? No, he punched me right in the face. I was bloody. They had they sent me to the hospital. My fucking ghee was covered in blood. Last <laughs> lesson I ever had. I I didn't want to do it anymore. My buddy Brett ended up. He's like a freaking. He does jujitsu now. He's like a, a. He actually teaches martial arts now. From that. You both and you both started at the same oh, time. Yeah, exact same time. He broke my nose. Freaking yeah, well. broke it bad too. It was the worst. and your hopes and dream of ever being a karate and, and master. Yes, I wanted to be Jean Claude. I wanted to do. I wanted to be in a split and have Eric come in the room. And go that hurts just looking at it. Uh, I love it. But yeah, that is my number four. What is yours, Eric? Mine is Teen Wolf. Oh, Teen Wolf. Oh. Teen Wolf, everybody. Ah, uh, now I've seen Teen Wolf. 1985, directed by Rod Daniel, starring Michael. For Michael J. Fox, life hasn't been easy. Hello? Hi. I'm going through changes. His voice is changing. Give me a keg of beer. Is there anything wrong with me? He's got hair on his chest. He stopped being a boy. What do you think about to get worked up? At last, he's become... Scott? A wolf. An explanation is probably long overdue. Dad, an explanation? Look at me. Look at you. He's always wanted to be something special, but he never expected this. Teen Wolf. He's got style. There's something different about you. Did you change your hair? He's got class. Wolf, wolf, wolf. Ah! wolf person. Wolf. He's got hair all over his body. Wolves aren't supposed to be shy. He's a wolf in teens' clothing. And tonight is his night to howl. Teen Wolf. A new comedy with Michael J. Fox, star of Back to the Future. <laughs> Five, directed by Rod Daniel, starring Michael J. Fox and James Hampton. Yes. Yeah. Eric met James Hampton. I did. Really? He, he, Where? he does not know that he met Eric because he was out of it. Oh, it was the worst because my friends were all going to this paranormal convention in Bethlehem. And I did not want to go. And I was looking through the website, seeing who was all that. I was not impressed. Like, ghost hunters. I like paranormal stuff, but this all just seemed like kind of jokey. And then I saw that James Hampton was going to be there. I'm like, fuck, I am in. And I saw where the booth he was at, and I walked up to it. I saw how old he was, and it freaked me out, and I kept walking. My friend, <laughs> my friend Liz had to go to another, like, I went downstairs in a way just trying to get away from old-ass James Hampton. She fucking grabbed me, pulled me back. She's like, the only reason you're here is to see this guy. You have to go. And I finally got up the nerve. I went over, and I just could not look at him. And I'm talking to him. And his handler, manager, daughter, whatever she was, was doing all the answers. I don't, I do not know, I do not think he knew where he was. Wow. He was so hard. Huh? And I was just, I, 
And the worst part is, I did what I didn't want to do as well. I nerded out on him. I'm like, you were the greatest dad in cinema history. There Scott was. He's going through all these changes. And you were there, and you made everything okay. You told him he was not alone. Everybody goes through these changes. And not only that, you helped his cousin, uh, what's his name, uh, Todd out in the sequel. Where was his parents? Todd, Where was Jason right. Bateman's parents? Where was the Batemans? That I guy was, liked yes, boxing. I ended up just yelling at James Hampton about Jason Bateman's parents, and I felt so bad. The guy. Never meet your idols. No. You know, no, you'll just no, get disappointed. No. I felt so bad, though, but this movie is excellent. It is. I, I love it. There's an, and you know what else it has? A montage. Sure does. That's a pretty cool oh, yeah. montage, too. But also it has urban surfing, which uh, we said they don't really call it that, do they? No, oh, they never spelled it out. Yeah. yeah. Didn't yeah. you think it was, didn't you think they spelled it out as urban surfing? I don't remember that, but yeah. I do remember wanting to jump on top of my yeah, parents' yeah. car. Uh, me and Eric both thought that that's what they called it. They really didn't. He urban just said surf. it. He just jumped. We just both came up with that, I guess. I don't know. Urban wow. Surfing. But yeah, that, it, there's so many good scenes. And again, this is not a movie that anybody's going to claim is a uh, cinematic uh, masterpiece. Uh, the minute that I saw uh, Team Wolf, I fell in love with it. I love it. Then he went I mean, to a place to learn how to be a werewolf. Yes. And then did you? Yeah, you Brett, did a free lesson. And then Brett the y. broke my fucking nose. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, the other thing that makes me laugh about Eric in this movie, remember that, and oh, Awful villain, but Eric actually thought that that guy was like a werewolf hunter, the actual guy who was the other. Oh, really? Yeah. I'm saying I watched this movie very young, and there was a line where my father, like, you know, shot your mom, like, when she came for the chicken coop. I'm like, oh my god, he actually killed this guy's mother. (laughs) Yeah, I think I thought that also originally, but you realize he's just taunting him. Yeah, he was the worst. Wolf based taunts. Yes, and you wolf faced mother came into our chicken coop. My daddy shot him with a shotgun. Yes, and then there was uh, Chubby or whatever. What did they What did they call Francis? It was was it Chubby? Chubbs. Chubbs. Chubbs had a. What did he have? Like liverwurst in his freaking socks? You don't put liverwurst in your socks. That is the worst. That guy is. uh, I hate that too. When they have a fact, they did it in Bad News Bears too with uh, Engel Thorpe or whatever. He had freaking Twinkies in his goddamn thing. A a donut. These guys are ridiculous. It doesn't yeah, matter though because this school is so great that anybody can be popular. Yeah, everybody so in the school weird. is popular. Their Chubbs is at the party with everybody else sure. and eating Jello out of a hot chick's fucking bra. It's not mm-hmm. even that. It was that when I saw this movie, that's the thing that threw me. He's all upset about becoming a werewolf. Now the werewolf becomes the fucking most popular guy. I'm like, what is going on in this school? It is the craziest <laughs> school. I'm telling you. I don't know if was that a supposed to be like a a, a I don't know a metaphor for something because it, it didn't make sense to me. It was just they, people loved basketball. No, it was a, it was a metaphor for black kids showing up in white schools yeah, and being good at basketball, dancing, getting the like the hottest white girl. Yeah. Wow. That's I'm never going to be on another podcast. This is again, just the most racist podcast we've ever had. <laughs> this is actually what it is, though. Yeah, I no, don't know. Back that, in that, those that days, that point. was not very, you know, I'm, I'm sorry to say it, but some of the guys who would end up in an all-white school would not be treated very well. No. Uh, that's not being racist. I'm they, saying they, that didn't was get, the, they didn't get to turn back into white no, kids either. No, exactly. that, yeah, really. <laughs> yeah, I think that if that was the metaphor that somebody should have went to the guy who directed this and wrote it and told him he got it wrong. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I liked it. I liked uh, James Hampton was awesome. I love Styles. Styles, my great. favorite, my oh, favorite line, and my favorite part of the entire <laughs> movie was when Styles comes into the house. And what does he have? It's the dickhead. What are you looking at, Dick? What are you looking at, Dick Nose? Oh, yeah. Dick Nose. Dick Nose. That's right. And uh, 
James Hampton, the father, doesn't even glance. He's nice shirts now. It made me laugh. <laughs> doesn't even look time. at him. No, it's so even good. Makes me laugh so much. All right. Move on to Reggie's. Get off of this racist talk. Yeah, <laughs> we'll go to a nice clean movie it's like Airplane. <laughs> Airplane. 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 1980. By Jim Abrams, David Zucker, and Jerry Zucker, the Zucker Brothers. Yep. Starring. Stand by for the most extraordinary chain of events ever swept up into high adventure. Hey, Larry, where's the forklift? Forklift! It's over there with the baggage water. Airplane. Airplane is drama. Uh, this is Dr. Brody at the Mayo Clinic. There's a passenger on your Chicago flight 209 or a little girl named Lisa Davis en route to Minneapolis. She's scheduled for a heart transplant. I want you to make sure that she's kept in a reclined position and that a continuous watch is kept on her IV. Airplane is action. Airplane is romance. I love you, Elaine. I love you. Airplane is music. There is only one river. There is only one sea. Airplane is dancing. Never has the screen been so big. You ever been in a cockpit before? No, sir, I've never been up in a plane before. Peter Graves. You ever seen a grown man naked? Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. My name is Roger Murdoch. I'm an airline pilot. Leslie Nielsen. This woman has to be gotten to a hospital. A hospital? What is it? It's a big building with patients, but that's not important right now. Lloyd Bridges. Johnny, what can you make out of this? This? Well, I can make a cap, or a brooch, or a pterodactyl, because you're um... Robert Stack. All right, Steve, let's face a few facts. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your flight. Julie Haggerty. By the way, is there anyone on board who knows how to fly a plane? Can you fly this plane and land it? Robert Hayes. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. I gotta get out of here. I gotta get out of here. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Calm down now. Get back to your seat. I'll take care of this car. Calm down. Get a hold of yourself. Don't be one of Everything's The most incredible adventure the screen has ever created. The big news is... Airplane. And about one zillion other yeah, famous and B-list famous people. I just yeah. listed four. Yep. Leslie Nielsen, Robert Stack, Karima Abdul, Dool Jabbar, and Lloyd Bridges. But yep. there are... A half a dozen or more people that you whose names you'd recognize, yeah. and uh, it's pretty much the definition of comedy. Yeah, I you know? I think this is the the greatest, and it, it is a parody type movie, but this yet is, yeah. 
you don't this have to the, see the movie that it parodies at all. And this is the definition of screwball comedy. Yeah, yeah. I, I love it because for the longest time That's I didn't even know part. it was parodying a movie. I didn't either, no. I mean, uh, Airport came out in 72, and then there was Airport 75, and then there was Airport Skyjacked. Yeah. And I didn't see any of those movies. That's no. what these movies were uh, parodying. Yes. But, you know, you don't need to have seen them. It's just, it is, it's like Eric says, it's screwball comedy. It's, you know, this it's is a sort parody of, in a single space, pretty much, and it's great. It's it's nonstop too. I mean, like the the jokes just keep coming, rapid fire. <laughs> well, I'll you know, tell they you, literalize I'll, everything. And I will interrupt you a minute. Were you aware that it actually almost shot for shot parodies a movie from 1957? Really? Called Zero Hour. Yeah. It's, really? They, yeah, oh, that's they, great. They actually have a like side by side thing in uh, on YouTube that you can watch both at the same time, and it's almost to the T. The certain scenes that it parodies. Even the part where Barbara Billingsley speaks jive? Uh, maybe. I don't know what. I think <laughs> there might be parts. a translation thing in there, but yeah, not jive. But yeah, I'm telling you, I heard about this way late and that it parodied this movie, and I was, it blew my mind because I thought, yeah, it, it would parody the, uh, like you said, Airport 77 yeah. and all those great things. Um, the weird thing about this movie as well for me, in my mind, I think of this as a 70s movie. It might well. just because it comes out, it came out in '80. Yeah, it's it weird was, when it I think about right it. I, I do think of, I think it's great. My kids love it. I'm telling you, this is actually to me a timeless movie because it's not like after this, all those parody movies ended up parodying just big pop culture things of that moment, and yeah. that's where they lose it. That it, it two years down the line, it's it's it, done. The jokes are meaningless, yeah. whereas these are timeless. And yeah, that, uh, there's so many good jokes. I don't know, Naked, Naked Gun is still good. Naked Gun's good, and again, that, I think that's way. very yes. much the same deal. Yeah. Uh, that it actually, you know, it's not just a in-your-face, hey, look, here's uh, you know, this person nice from favorite. a movie, or I see dead people, and you know, shit like right, that. Right. This just has just great jokes. I'm t- and what's weird about this, and I know I'm stepping on your toes, Renji. But, it's all right. Uh, the, We've all the thing seen that, it. Yes, the thing that I love about this movie is every time I watch it, I have a different scene that I love more. <laughs> it, yeah. It's crazy. It jumps out at you, you know? But yeah, yeah you, I- you go on. I don't want to interrupt you. Oh, I mean, uh, you, I think you've said it. The, the only thing I have to say about it is that my secret chain with this movie is that my wife does not think this movie is funny. Yeah, my my wife, ah, well, which is which is like look, which is like looking at a plot of grass and not thinking it's green. That's you know, right. like I don't understand. It, it doesn't. It you doesn't make my any, yard. It does not compute. Yeah, well, no. I'm not talking. Well, about, you the know. funny thing is, you say that earlier tonight. My uh, youngest son and my 14 year old Ethan were thinking going through lists of movies that were on demand and stuff like that to watch. Ethan wanted to watch Airplane. It, it popped up. And there you go. Tanya would not let him. She's like, I don't like that movie. And then Morgan, well, my youngest, like, yeah, I don't either. He's never seen it. And she, yeah, she, she hates it. She doesn't like right. anything like that. She doesn't, like, she doesn't like things that make people laugh? That's right. Nope. Well, I, right. I'm actually going to include a little later a... Uh, She's, That's why she doesn't I like talk to her a little later on the podcast here uh, about her favorite movie, which I won't uh, let out. But yeah, she was known to love this one. Eighty bridges of Madison County, everything now. And and Ethan, I might ask him too because he actually he loves all eighties movies, but this is one he loves: Airplane, and he likes uh, Naked Gun. Oh, like Jim though, I don't really consider this an '80s movie to me because for some reason there's something in my mind that tells me that the the next decade doesn't start until you're two years in. There has to be there's a buffer period where it's still the last decade. 
I hear what you're saying. Yeah, but kind of like rub. It fits the criteria. Oh, it fits the criteria. But yeah, there you know? is that kind Legally, of role over. Legally, it is an 80s movie. Yes. 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 Well, that's, I still consider Point Break an 80s movie. So there. When did that come out? 92? Sure, I'm saying. There. There's a two-year yeah. buffer from that. I think of it as 89. Yeah, there's, there's a, and it, it's a 90s movie, but there are certain movies that always tend to, like Blues Brothers. I said that seems yeah. like a 70s movie. That was 80 that's, as well. Even Animal House. When did Animal House come out? 80, 80, 81, 81, I think. Yeah, that, to me, for some reason. I thought that reason, was a 70s movie, yeah, for, too. Huh? That seems to me like a 70s movie. It's, it's so I'm right. Movie. Okay. I guess. It was a hazy time. But anyway, this does, this does still fit the criteria. Yes. And it's yes. an incredible movie. And if you haven't seen it, oh my go, God, go see it instantly. Whatever you're doing it, yeah. now is way less Again, important. like I said, if you hear parody but movie like and you think it's podcast. like a scary movie or something like that, that uh, the jokes aren't even going to be good anymore. These jokes are great. And how many times can you see a grown man ask a kid if he likes Gladiator movie? Yeah. I mean, that, that's, <laughs> They're a Turkish prison. Yeah, that's funny. And you see a woman freaking blow, giving a blow ski to the freaking inflatable uh, oh, autopilot. That, oh, it's that so was good. hilarious. So good. Uh, yes. And the next bit of things between picks is our what? Favorite soundtrack? Favorite soundtrack. Favorite soundtrack. What's yours, Reggie? My favorite soundtrack was Platoon from 1986. Nice. Which is sort of a weird choice because it's actually, it's platoon and movies from the era. It's not only just movies, songs from the movie. Sorry, songs from the era. Songs from the era, yeah. Not movies from the era. Uh, but it, but it had, uh, White Rabbit by Jefferson Airplane, Oki from Muskogee by Merle Haggard. These were huge songs to me. And I was just talking about it before. I think that this soundtrack helped precipitate the next year. Rolling Stone called that the revival of the summer of love. Yeah. So, uh, uh, 60s music was, came back in a big way. Well, I was terrified of that year because I was a young kid. Everybody wanted to love me up. Yeah, really. Like, oh. Not anymore. What yeah, was your anymore. sound checker? I have a tie, actually. It's Lost Boys yeah. or Labyrinth. Yeah. Well, I have. I don't even remember a, the Labyrinth soundtrack. I'm saying it's a lot of the freaking music, though. But you have the David Bowie songs that he created for the for the movie, okay. like Dance Magic Dance. Come on, you don't remember Dance Magic no, Dance? No, I don't remember that the at all. Dance. Uh, you remind me of the babe. What babe? I'm going to be the, the tie power. What power? The power of the voodoo. Who do you do? Do what? what? Remind me of the babe. about. <laughs> never heard that song. You, you obviously don't watch the movie then. No, I actually have never seen Labyrinth. Did you know that? I've never seen Labyrinth. You are a monster. No, I are just, you kidding me? No, I've never seen it. Never interested me. Thank you. Yeah, I don't know. It just he doesn't like things that give people joy. I That's actually, what it is. I've said I think before. that I was burned too much by David Bowie and other movies, and I just didn't. Oh, like The Hunger? Movies. God, that was a piece like of that, shit. Or the Man Who Fell to Earth. Yeah, and I just, I just don't like him as an actor. I, all right, then I know all he just boys passed then. away. But yeah. Lost Boys wins this one. I'm, I'm the tiebreaker. It has People Are Strange by Echo and the Bunny Men. Yeah. Case, oh, yeah. case closed. Yeah. Gerard McMahon's freaking Cry Little Sister. I don't know what it was. This the music. I when I was a kid and I saw this movie, it captured my imagination. Like at that point, like anything is possible for some reason. I don't know what it is. The fucking music, the words. Oh God. Yeah, I'm looking at that the soundtrack. Uh, there's a couple I really do like. That Echo and the Bunnymen. People are yeah. I was a big fan of Echo and the Bunnymen, but uh, Tim Capello's on that, isn't he? Tim oh, Capello. Sure. <laughs> he still uh -huh. believes. Oh, yes. Oh, that is sexy. Oh, you mean sweaty asshole. Sweaty asshole. I do believe. One of my favorite songs on that is one of my favorite songs of all time is Good Times by NXS and right. Jimmy Barnes. I love that song. 
And uh, yeah, I, I do like that this soundtrack. I'm looking at it now, but uh, mine actually is better because mine oh. was Crush Groove. And I loved it. I love that nice. movie. It doesn't make my top five, but I, I saw this in the movies, I think, four or five times. I, I <laughs> always forget, but I, I went day after day. I think I saw it twice the first day, and I saw it a bunch of other times. And uh, one of the big reasons was the soundtrack. And it has uh, Shaka Khan on it as LL mm-hmm. Cool J. I can't live without my radio. Uh, Curtis Blow, If I Rule the World, is one of my favorite songs on the soundtrack. But... I do love the the thing I love the most was the Beastie Boys. She's on it, and all you can eat by the Fat Boys was like that's my mantra for life. Anyway, uh, I mean you can't. I, anytime I go to any place that's a buffet, I sing that song to myself. Oh, I can't help it. Eat. I loved it. But yeah, that was a uh, a big soundtrack. Uh, for you didn't me. like Holly Rock? That wasn't your joint. I liked Holly Rock, but uh, I'm telling you, I even like the end, the Crush Groove and. Uh, yeah, the, the end. It's like the all star. Everyone together. Deal. Yeah, everyone together. I loved it. I like that movie as well. It makes me feel good. Uh-huh. We're gonna move <laughs> on to our next picks. My number three pick for movies is Can't Buy Me Love, which came out in 1987, directed by Steve Rash, starred Patrick Dempsey, Amanda Peterson, rest in peace, Amanda. Uh-huh. Courtney Gaines. Love. Courtney Gaines. Malachi. Malachi. Himself, Seth Green. And I even put my house. Dennis Dugan. <laughs> and I put in this classic, Boyd gives up his telescope money for the opportunity to be a cool, uh, to be cool story. Lawn man Ronald Miller shows us that by ripping your shirt sleeves off and dating the most beautiful girl in the history of his county, that's what Seth Green says, you too can be popular. Unfortunately, Don't a little moose. Unfortunately, Ronald loses track of who he is, shits on Malachi's house, and eventually <laughs> goes from totally chic to totally geek once again. In the end, however, Cindy and Ronald realize you can't deny true love, and they ride off on Ronald's lawnmower. I love this movie. I that w- stupid cowboy hat. Yep, I saw this in the theater, and I was talking to you beforehand, and actually, it doesn't seem to be the case, but at one point, this movie seemed to kind of be lost in the shuffle. The oh, people yeah. would talk to me about 80s movies. Oh, my favorite 80s movies. This would never come out. It did well when it came out. I saw it twice in the theater. The first you time did I saw your it, part. Yeah. The first <laughs> time I saw it was with my girlfriend at the time in high school. And about halfway through, she started crying and did not stop crying. And then cried all Good the way times. home. And then Boy. dropped me off. I have no... I, it had something to do with her old boyfriend. It was a very bad night yeah. for me. I think you tried that, to uh, touch her or something. Yeah, no, I think that it was something to do with her old boyfriend was like a nerd or something, and then she felt bad. I, I don't know. Oh, uh, the movie hit too close to home. It did. It hit close to home, but I'm telling you, she spent half the movie freaking crying. I couldn't even enjoy the movie. And, and then broke up with Jim immediately after that went back with her old boyfriend. No, I think she might have went and had sex with him, though. But she didn't break up with me. <laughs> But yeah, I I love this movie. Uh, There's a couple things that I love, but my favorite scene was the. There's two. It's time for two. Was the first one was at the dance, and again, we could have a a '80s uh, dance uh, freaking scene podcast at some point. Every '80s movie had a dance, and in this dance, it was. Ronald, who didn't know how to dance, he learned how to dance before by watching TV, which he thought was a bandstand. Like, yeah, bandstand. It ended up being a documentary or a, like a, a public access type thing. And 
the big scene is he's doing a dance, and the nerds who were his old friends recognize that it's the African anteater ritual. And That's they right. It and they yell it up. I love that. I remember but, that. But the best scene, probably of the 80s, was when the Ronald. 80s? Yeah, yeah, the whole 80s, when Ronald went into the arcade to find his buddy, who was Courtney Gaines. And he's playing a video game. Looks like Hang hang On, but I, I don't think it was. But, yeah, he goes up to him and says, hey, Ken, you know, we got to work this out. I've been an asshole to everybody. And freaking Malachi grabs him, slams him into the fucking centipede machine behind him and just, you shit on my house. Yes. And he says it a bunch of times. acknowledge my existence. I think this is easy for me. I know I was an asshole to you and to thousands of others. Kenneth, Kenneth, it's you I gotta straighten this out with. You shit on my house. No. bunch of that and then he goes back to the game and says it again and i i'm telling you he was about to kill him uh i think that's one of the best things of acting ever and how is he not nominated for an oscar it, it hit me hard and it really was that was to me that was the best scene of the movie it was great there was a, every this movie had it all for me because once i had it on vhs or whatever there's a lot of hot chicks in it oh, yeah. put my pants down work two of them in playboy go to town i penthouse work penthouse they were in penthouse and i like both of them the one shows her boobs uh, she good, shows her boobs good times but also a little side note on this uh you you remember the the father yeah. And that, that's Dennis Dugan. The guy has directed almost every Adam Sandler movie that's ever come out. It's <laughs> really? crazy. Oh yeah. He's, he directed Happy Gilmore, Big Daddy, did Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2. He even did like Jack and Jill and those pieces of crap. But yeah, he even uh, did, uh, Beverly Hills Ninja with, uh, Chris uh, Farley. Chris Farley. He's a big director. I mean, those aren't the greatest of movies, but he, he ended up being a, a big director and also was even in Happy Gilmore. He was uh, the one guy who was like the PGA higher up that kept they kept giving shooter kept going to him yelling. But uh, the other thing that I have a little aside was the one guy played Ricky, the jock Ricky. And if you remember, he was the guy who had a he had an awesome mullet, and that was Gerardo who had the hit Rico oh, yeah, Suave. Yeah, yeah. Rico. Yeah, yeah, it was Rico Suave, and uh, I, it made me laugh so much when I realized that that was him. Once Rico Suave came out, because Rico Suave was a hit in 1991. Yeah. And I, I actually even put some things, because I was waiting for Eric, go, come on, hit 
That was huge. I, no, I remember it being yeah. huge. In fact, the biggest thing that I think that you can say that a, a song is huge is when Weird Al parodies it. And I, do you remember the song Taco Grande? Was, no, I don't <laughs> yeah. remember. It was the Rico Suave parody Taco, Taco Grande. Grande. Speaking, of, speaking of freaking race, Weird Al. Oh, I know it does. But yeah, that is my pick for number three. I love the movie. I could watch that movie at any time. And again, we said Amanda Peterson just recently died. And it kind of uh, brought the movie back in uh, the light. But I hadn't really even heard this movie mentioned by many people when they talked about the 80s. Uh, Even though when I look at lists, it's on the list, but it's always way down. Me and my buddy Herb love this movie. We watch it so many times. And I don't know about you, Reggie. I talked about this to Eric. When you watch a movie so many times, you end up picking like a side character or a something that happens in the yeah. movie that nobody else a deep cut yes and to me it's when ronald at the beginning <laughs> he goes and he's gonna buy that goddamn telescope and that's when he sees cindy having the problems and uh, me and my buddy herb love that telescope salesman because he just keeps trying to make the sale because <laughs> ronald first off ronald goes down and you actually see the scene through that guy peeping because yeah. he goes down and he's watching with the telescope and it then is- he tries to, he means, Ronald, should I wrap it? He yells at one point. It, Ronald's the gone. The guy works buddy. on commission. Yeah. He needs a sale. No, he he to leave him. Ronald had done all those yards for that and probably every week went in and said, hey, buddy, I'm almost there. And this guy's like, God damn, I'm going to eat good this week. And then, <laughs> nope, Cindy got the uh, goddamn wine spilled on her suede fucking outfit of her mom's. One of the stupidest looking outfits, yeah. by the way. Oh, it was the worst. Ever. And uh, I like, eh, just rub some salt in it, babe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's the worst. Uh, but I love it. I, Seth Green's hilarious as the younger brother, Chucky, who's like, thinks he's the cool guy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I loved it. But we'll move on to uh, Eric's number three. Ghostbusters. Yeah. 1984. Directed by Ivan Reitman, starring Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd and a bunch of other people. And you know what? Everybody knows what this movie is. Yeah. It is amazing. I'm telling you that. Incredible movie. I still can go back and watch this at any given time. And the thing I want to point out, though, this was not my first uh, introduction to the Ghostbusters. Mine was the Filmation cartoon series from 1986. I'm telling you, I was born in 82, so I did not watch this in the theaters. And I guess it took some time before I watched it because I thought that the Ghostbusters were the Filmation Ghostbusters. And then a week later, the real Ghostbusters came out, uh, like, as a cartoon. And I have no idea at what point during, like, 1986 I must have watched this movie then finally. Because I was all confused with what the Ghostbusters were as a kid. Yeah, like I imagine. Yeah, well, uh, tell them what the filmation one, it, what was it? It was Jake and, uh, what was it? Jake Kong, Eddie Spencer, and a gorilla named Tracy are, are fighting. and a gorilla. Yeah. It was based on, that was based on an old show from the early 75. 75, that late, not, never mind. Yeah, that's crazy. And it was two guys from F Troop, who a lot of people think is a sequel to F Troop, who are now become ghost hunters. Somehow yeah. they lived all that time and then started becoming ghost hunters. Maybe they were ghosts. They used their stuff. military training. Oh, and, then yes. the, and then in the cartoon, it was their sons who took over with the gorilla. And but no, Ghostbusters is an amazing flick. Um, I have originally Eddie Murphy was supposed to play the Winston Zedmore character, yep. and I want to know if people would have liked it. Winston always gets left out of shit when people do things, or like even the video game back in the day. There's only three white guys, no black guy. I but I want to know what he would have brought to this role if he, uh, Ernie Hudson hadn't done it. Uh, you know, uh, Eddie Murphy might have brought. He might have overshadowed. Yeah, that's the rest I of don't them. Know. I mean, that's he might have killed Bill Murray, who has quite an ego, and would probably wouldn't have liked that. 
Uh, I remember the video game. Remember the remember the video game? It was so weirdly Awful. and overly complicated. <laughs> like there was just so like I it was so much weird shit to do. You know, first you're running around fighting ghosts, then you have to like put. You have to pick up gas. You have to get. You have to like go get gas and shit. You gotta, you gotta buy your. You gotta run, run shit on gas. You gotta buy your ghost busting equipment. Yeah, you gotta buy all your. And it was expensive as shit. It was like, oh my god, a million and a half for a. And then you gotta climb these stairs to get the ghost at the end. That I never got passes. I still haven't gotten past. So well, because I think I'm fine. You could only really go right or left, and it was yeah. just floating around. And when they touched you, they could kill you. I mean, it was one hit you kill. You could do nothing. It was, yeah, it was ridiculous. But no, this is an excellent movie. Everybody's seen this. It should be on everybody's top five list in my mind. And since it's not on your guys, you are a communist. Well, I'll oh. give you my whole deal. I didn't see this movie for years. Because everybody loved it. No, because I was in England. I was in England that summer that it came out. And when I came back, it was, I believe it was already out of the theater. Right. And I had to wait for it to come out. And when it came out, I, I just was... I don't know. I, so I, it's weird, and I love it. I didn't see it for a while, but when I came back from England, the big thing that I wanted was the the, uh, the theme, the Ghostbusters theme. Oh, yeah. Parker yeah. Jr.? And by the yep. time I got back, everybody was so fucking sick of it. <laughs> It's that everywhere. nobody wanted to listen to it, and I loved it. And it, I don't, I guess, if I remember, I heard it in England a little but not much. And I, I don't even know if it was just that I didn't have a radio or whatever there. I can't even remember. But when I came back, that was the big thing. I wanted the, the soundtrack. Not even the soundtrack. I wanted to hear it on the radio and tape it because I was cheap. You were a single. They were pretty much done playing it. And I was young. I was, you know, I was 15, 14, 15 years old. I didn't have a job. I didn't have any money. So, uh, yeah, I really wanted it, and then it, it took me a while to watch the movie because everybody, nobody wanted to see it anymore and because they were so sick of it by then. And then I, I think I saw it probably the next summer uh, when I finally saw it, and I, yeah, I loved it. I think it's a little overrated. I'm saying, as funny as Bill Murray is and Harold Ramis is and Dan Aykroyd, as funny as they all are, and this the standout character is freaking Rick Moranis is Louis Tully. He is crazy. He's amazing. I could watch him do this role over and over again. Yeah. It's weird to me when I think about it. it to me, it kind of does slow down near the end until it picks up again. I don't <laughs> so it slows down until it picks up? No, I'm saying at one point there's a slow part that if I watch it now, I, I, I wish I could even uh, pinpoint I when it is. It's sort of a lull when, when uh, Rick Moranis is running around looking for... Uh, Maybe that's it, yeah. The there's a part what? that if, yeah... She was good, man, too. What's her name? I can't remember. Sigourney Weaver. Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> yes. She was awesome in that. It was I funny, too, I, I really thought I she had she good chemistry hotter. with Bill Murray. Yeah, I wish she was hotter. Well, when she's all gatekeepered up, that's it's the hottest she's been since freaking Galaxy Quest, because she is a handsome woman. Yeah, she yeah. is. When she's all possessed... You didn't like her in Avatar. No. <laughs> I think they didn't want to make her too hot, though, for that role, though, because it would have sort of taken away from her being a intellectual, cerebral, Maybe. whatever, you know, New York intellectual. Uh, and they needed somebody who could actually... And hot, huh? Somebody who huh? could actually find Bill Murray attractive. Well, that's the weird that, thing. That I, I've even said that to you a bunch of times. It always threw me because they always made Bill Murray into a ladies' man, and that it always throws me off a little. Bill yeah. Murray. Because Jim looks a lot like Bill Murray. He doesn't understand it. I wish I, wish I looked that good. <laughs> Believe you me. Uh, yes, but yeah, everybody's seen it. But I, I do. It's not one of my. It'd probably be in my top 20. Right. It's probably not my top 10. How about you, Reggie? And in your top 10? 
Mm, I don't know. Maybe. I have to think about it. Yeah. But it's been on like crazy lately. That and Ghostbusters 2 on some channel, maybe AMC, but Eric they've been playing it all the time. Ghostbusters 2. Oh, Ghostbusters 2. I, I hated it when it came out, but I love it now. Yeah, I've learned, I've learned to like that and appreciate that movie. It's pretty crazy. What is your number three, Reggie? My number three is One Crazy Summer, 1986, directed by Savage, Steve Holland. All right. Yes. Starring the, uh, well, this was what we called the spiritual sequel to uh, Better Off Dead. I would say there is. Oh. Um, starring John Cusack, Demi Moore, Curtis, Booger Armstrong, Bobcat Goldthwait, and Joel Murray, who was Bill Murray's brother. That's crazy. That's right. The guy who is sort Brian of... Doyle Murray? Uh, he's not in the movie. Is he in the movie? No, no, no. no, no. He's just saying about his That's brother. That's his papa. It always throws me off. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, I think this is the movie, the first movie I may have thought that I liked Demi Moore. Oh, I'm God. Not, I'm not That's a big a fan of Demi Moore. huge crush on you. Oh, yeah. my God. She's wearing, she's wearing that fringe jacket. She's got, like, you know, braids in her hair. She's looking like just a real Actually, cutie you know pie. What? I think Blame It On Real might have been before this, though. And I probably had it for her then. St. Elmo's Fire? Yeah, no. I, there you I, go. That I, I really wasn't watching St. Elmo's Fire back then. What, what do you think? How? <laughs> How did you miss fucking St. Elmo's Fire? Because I'm a guy. That's why, Reggie. I'm a dude. That movie was gonna, huge. I gotta spend money to go see Saint Elmo's Fire. Plus, everybody it's, said it's, how they loved it. No, so he's nobody. Not watch I don't know anybody yeah. back in the day that told me they liked Saint Elmo's Fire. Not one person. Uh, nobody was. They, they were embarrassed to see that movie. Mind you, Jim only knew one person. I was going to see Oxford Blues at that point with Rob Lowe. That's my Rob Lowe movie. <laughs> that anyway, one one crazy it. summer is definitely way more madcap. It's definitely crazier than Better Off Dead. It's sort of like the. Uh, Fever dream of Savage Steve Holland. A lot of shit in there just doesn't really make any sense. A lot like uh, Better Off Dead. Sort of like, it, it is sort of like Better Off Dead in that sense, but this one, I remember like, right from the very beginning, there's that thing where, uh, those little girls are making faces. Yeah. And, uh, John Cusack's little sister goes and slaps them on the back and just disfigures them for life. Yeah, they're just, <laughs> Yeah, that's it. Now the, now the girls look like they're from that one episode of Twilight Zone. They did. They they looked the exactly like that. It the freaked faces. me out. Yeah. You, you know, it so, me out. I mean, that just, that just sets its tone for the whole movie. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, I'm telling you, I, I always thought One Crazy Summer was like a drug dream or something. It just never seemed like it was real. It never, a lot of it doesn't make any sense, you know. Yeah. They've, got, they've got to uh, win back the rec center. I can't even remember what the hell it was. I, that was, this is also probably the only instance I could stand to watch Bobcat Goldthwait, yeah. who, annoyed, who annoyed the living shit out of yeah, me. I love Bobcat. Oh, God, I couldn't stand him. I think at first I liked him, but his shtick got old real fast. I mean, <laughs> he, he, he was everywhere fast. for a while, too. He was on improv all the yep. fucking time. Yeah. He's on Tales of the Crypt episodes. Yeah, he was everywhere at one point. But in this like movie, the, yeah, uh, like, like Pauly Shore ended up being. It was he like was, everywhere yeah. you turned, he was there, and he was he was annoying. You weren't a fan of ne Happily Never After? Oh, Unhappily Ever After. Yeah, That's what Unhappily it was. Ever After. Mr. Yeah. Floppy the Bunny? Yeah, Mr. Floppy. Remember uh, this one? You don't remember that? It was a uh, uh, um, Married with Children ripoff. Oh, was, yes, now uh, I remember it. Yeah. it Nikki Cox. Yeah, Nikki Cox was in it. Oh, my God. She that was, so show was Yeah, she was hot, but that show was a piece of crap. Growing up, I watched uh, One Crazy Summer a lot, and but the thing is, it always confused me because I swore it was a sequel to Better Off Dead, and I never knew what the title was because I ended up watching it on TV when it already began. I ended up calling it Hoops my Oops. entire life. In fact, I believe, name. I believe you called it that to me. 
Mm-hmm. Like it, it lasted that long. I was, it was like yeah, three years ago. Yeah, you're like I, I like that movie Hoops. Hoops? What the fuck are you talking about? Well, hoops. And then we yeah. looked it up, and I'm like, you mean one crazy summary? Like I guess. Sure. Hoops. <laughs> hoops. hoops. Yeah, I uh, I probably only seen Hoops uh, twice in my life. I've seen Better Off Dead probably a million times. One crazy summer. I it just I don't know. It didn't click with me. Uh, maybe it was because I went in thinking it was just going to be a sequel to Better Off Dead, and it was just a little too wacky. This wasn't before. What was Better Off Dead? What that year was, was that? Eighty-five, I believe. Okay, so this was a year yeah, after. It, was, it just uh, yeah. seemed so much it more long. Eighty-five. It, yeah, it came out. I'm telling you, the way it came out, it was like a sequel. And yeah. again, it has a couple of you know boogers in it again, and all those guys, and it did feel like. Like I said, like a sequel, and then it wasn't, so it kind of threw me off. The only reason this was made is because John Cusack signed a two-picture deal with freaking Savage Steve Holland. Oh, wow. Because after Better Off Dead, he did not want to work with him. Everybody had to. And it's funny, too, because I've never, ever heard him comment on One Crazy Summer. You have to think he hates that even more. Yeah. Well, I mean, fewer people have definitely seen this movie. Uh, I probably haven't seen this flick in 20 years. I probably wouldn't even remember it as well as I do, but my friend had taped it. And, really? he used, and he used to love watching it, so I'd watch it with him. And but I've, I've seen this and Better Off Dead probably almost in equal amounts. I bet over the years. Yeah, and it's funny. I I own Better Off Dead. I don't think I've ever seen a copy like out there for One Crazy Summer, just sitting mm-hmm. out there at like a freaking Walmart or whatnot. Now. Suppressed by the Demi Moore family. That's right. They don't want any any parts of it. Well, try uh, to find a GI Jane out there. Jeez. <laughs> that was a big movie too, but uh, the next bit of uh, side things are our most overrated and underrated movies, and we'll start with you, Eric. Are we starting with overrated? Yep. All right, most overrated movie of the '80s: Fast Times, Ridgemont High. Your grade is the average of all your quizzes, plus the midterm and final, which counts for one third. Got it? Also. Uh, there will be no eating. E A T I N G. No eating in this class. You get used to doing your own business on your own time. That's one demand I make. Just like you wouldn't want me to come to your house some evening and discuss U.S. history on your time. Understand? Yes, sir. This guy's been stoned since the third grade. Yes? Yeah, I'm registered in this class. What class? This is U.S. history. See the globe right there. Really? <laughs> hey. May I come in? Oh, please. I get so lonely when I hear that third attendance oh, bell ring and all my kids are not here. <sighs> sorry I'm late. It's just like this new schedule is totally confusing. Yeah, I know that, dude. Mr. Spicoli. That's the name they gave me. Hey, you're ripping my car. Yeah. Hey, bud, what's your problem? No problem at all. I think you know where the front office is. You dick! 
I have taken the time to print up a complete schedule. Oh, this movie is fucking garbage. Burn. <laughs> I I feel so bad after watching. Where the fuck are the parents in this goddamn universe where all this shit is going down? And Damone is one of the biggest pieces of shit I've ever seen in my life. I hate Damone. That guy can get you tickets, though. You want to see Van Halen? There's not one likable character in this movie. Even the hero nerdy kid, I feel like he's a piece of shit at the end because he's now he's dating Jennifer Jason Lee, but they still haven't gone all the way. What the fuck is that about? They first just want to be all, friends? First of all, I want, I want both of you to know that Mike Damone, he doesn't care whether you come, stay, lay, or pray. That so is they, true. Well, what you think guy. about him is means nothing, so yeah. that, that's fine. <laughs> You know, second of all, not one likable person character in the film. Uh, Jeff Spicoli. Spicoli is not likable. And you know who my mom? For a generation and for. See, they didn't invent parents until the 90s. You didn't know know that. There weren't any parents. You forgot my my most likable guy, Mr. Hand. I I like him. Yeah, no, he is the most likable. I like Mr. Hand. Of course, I loved him in that. He's incredible. Uh,. Yeah, Eric, what is your underrated movie? Most now that under- you piss Reggie off, and I, I have a feeling we're going to hear about that movie a little later. Maybe. Uh, God maybe. damn it. Oh, uh, no, my most underrated movie of the 80s is 3 O'Clock High. That is this mine movie, as well. It's an amazing. amazing movie. Yeah. It, that was the movie that, that I learned what cinematography is. I'm telling you. I, I don't think I understood what, 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 is, what does that mean, and then that movie showed me. Do you have do you have a friend in your life who likes everything they've ever seen? You know that that type of guy that's yeah, never sure. seen a movie that they they didn't yeah. like. My buddy Herb, who I talk about all the time with movies, because that's who I watch movies with, begged me to watch Three O'clock High over and over, and I was like, I I'd never heard of it, and I'm telling you, this is two years after it was out, and. He just begged me to watch it, and I thought it was bullshit. He was full of crap. I watched it. I loved it. I think we watched it two or three times in a row. I loved it. Uh, how about, and Eric, you didn't see it I'm until you, I it was told like, you about it. It was like three years ago. I'd yeah. never heard of this movie. It's 1989. I'd never heard of it. You told me about it. I'm like, you know what? I'll check it out. And I'm like, oh, my God, the bad guy's the bad guy from uh, Kindergarten Cop. I'm in. Yeah, and Casey right. Semenko, the hero, Casey Semenko is so underrated. Yeah. Yeah, and he, he plays that part incredibly. Yeah, I even I even like the younger sister. Yeah, was it? it was. I like the little sister. I, I liked everything about that. There is like nothing the not to like about this flick, yeah, and it's sadly, great. because I only watched it for the first time three years ago, and it's not on my top five list. Yeah, yeah, it almost made mine. I really do like it a lot. Uh, it just isn't in my top five, but yeah, if anybody. I don't know. It's a weird movie where not a lot of people still have heard about it. And if you get a chance to see it, just give it a shot if you like those sure. movies. You, it's so good. You think that Matt Dillon is a fucking bad bully and my bodyguard? Buddy yeah. Ravel is the worst bully ever. Matt Dillon yeah. was. He was Mooney in that freaking my bodyguard. <laughs> he was badass. Boy, I love that Matt Dillon. Was he How Mooney? About you? No, I think was Ke- what was Kevin Dillon's name in Heaven Help Us? I thought Heaven it was Mooney as well. No, his name was uh, I can't remember. Oh, I love that movie too. Uh, yeah, well, I I don't remember what his name was in that. All right. But yeah, I think it was Mooney because I remember the one guy. That's Mo- it's almost like the same. Uh, uh, I, there's always that kid who has to give you the rundown, like even in three o'clock high. Like, oh, that's Buddy Ravel. That's Buddy Ravel. There's always that kid who knows all the information about. So, that's Buddy Ravel. He killed somebody in his last school. Uh, I just love that everybody knew Buddy Ravel doesn't like to be touched. And there's motherfucking Casey Smith. Go, hey, buddy. <laughs> of course. Slaps him there. Put her there. Yeah, and then 
But Iberville, you got to watch this movie just to see the worst thing that could possibly oh happen to you at a urinal. Because, boy, I thought he crippled him. He slammed him into that goddamn urinal and then fucking started flushing. Oh, my goodness. So standing in I'm getting fired up right now. All right. What's, uh, your, what's your most overrated? My, my most overrated breakfast club. I hate it. I hate everything about it. I'm telling you, if you expected to hear about breakfast club in the top five 80s movies, you can go to hell. I but, Jim, this is the voice of your generation. Yeah. It, and I hated it then. If you would ever talk to my one friend I ever had. Maybe. Uh, no, I'm, I hated it then. I, my wife would tell you. I cannot stand you. this movie. It's about cliques that really, to me, were not existent in my school, at least. And anything you I did. Because you weren't a part of any of them. No. It was just, there was, it was just too cut and dry. Uh, it ended up being too, it ended up too nice. It's just stupid. And again, I, I like, the only part I like is the part where they say, like, hey, What's going to happen on Monday? And when that, cause that's the only believable part in that whole movie to me is that, yeah, when, when Monday comes around, you're going to hate each other again. You're going to fucking yeah. bully them. You're going to do that. Nothing's going to change. Uh, but yeah, other than that, I, I thought the movie was garbage. I hate it. And if Great we have, if we ever do have a top five John Hughes movies, that's not even on my top five of his wow. own movies. I, I really, Curly Sue is number one. Yeah, it is. I hate, I really don't like that movie at all. I know Eric likes it. He fucking gets me all riled up with all this freaking dancing. Does that goddamn dance? <laughs> oh, it's that, so good. Yeah. You like to do that uh, that that foot shifting dance? Sure do. Right? Oh, I fucking hate it. Uh, yes. How about you? Hey, yo, Ahab, gonna borrow my doobitch? Yes, and obviously my underrated was three o'clock high that we talked yeah. about. Uh, my most overrated is The Goonies, nineteen eighty-five. Yeah, I'm not a big. Which is a movie I, I like. Okay. I gotta agree with you. I, in my mind, there are two kinds of people: yeah. Goonies people and Monster Squad people. And I was always a Monster Squad person. I'd say I'm a Monster Squad person. I, I, I don't. Well. I don't hate the Goonies. I don't. I just, like I just think much. it's overrated. I think it's got a lot of like stupid, boring parts. A lot of. A lot of pithy, you know what I mean, teamwork yeah. nonsense. The main character is, is a hateable oh, asshole. God damn, thank you. What's his name? <laughs> thank you, Mikey. Name. Mikey. Mike, I have argued with Eric for three years since I met him that I said Mikey is the biggest, whiniest little bitch He's that has ever been in a movie. I hate him. We all like thing. short round and the, and the fat Oh, yeah, I like short Data. round. Data, man, come on. Data was great. When I watched this as a kid, though, that was the best part because I wanted to see what gadgets he had because I wanted them. Yeah. Of course, she's like he's like the little Chinese Batman. Yeah, but the, I'm saying that is racist I, now, Red. I, you just punched your card. That's okay. You're allowed to have a Chinese <laughs> yes. Batman. Chinese Batman. Now I agree that this movie is overrated, but like Jim wants this movie where Mikey never to discover the map and just ends where they sit there and watch TV. That is the movie that he <laughs> yeah. wants. I'm saying all he does is keep whining and bitching and he moaning. He inspires people to be better yeah. than what they are. But Reggie agrees with me. He it is gets to a unlikable. point where he says one-eyed Willie like so many yeah. times. Oh my god, yeah. Hate that phrase. He's uh, like, fuck you. Yeah. It's about as, really fucking bites your head off. It's about as bad as they say uh, they say Michael so many times in Lost Boys or Kumite and Bloodsport. <laughs> Michael. Yeah. Michael. Yeah. Michael. You're eating maggots, You're eating Michael. maggots Michael. I, oh my God. If we had that, that was almost, that almost cracked my top five. And the big thing about that, it really fucked me up with Chinese food for a while at Lost Boys. It really did. It really threw me off. Those are, those are worms, Michael. You're eating worms. Hey, Michael, look at that fucking greased up fucking saxophone player. But it didn't fuck you up for Kiefer Sutherland. It's no, amazing. no, I love Kiefer. Uh, my most underrated is uh, Beach Street, 1984. I think that's a great movie. And among uh, people that 
probably don't listen to this podcast. It's considered the lesser of the supreme trilogy of early 80s rap movies that includes Wild Style, Crush Groove, and Beach Street, which is sort of a, uh, you know, a, amalgam of the other two movies, but it's well done. Does a good job presenting it. Has, it has shots of the South Bronx you won't see in either of the other two movies. Yeah, I like I oh, the actually, South Bronx. I like Beach yeah. Street, and I think I, it's weird now. And even Crush Groove's a little goofy. I'll admit it. But even now that like that's a type of movie that people will not even give a chance now because they think it's oh that's a goofy early eighties rap yeah. thing. You know what I mean? It, 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 they people tend to discount like even if it's they Saturday Night Fever. I'm not a big I'm not a huge fan, but it was a huge movie and people probably not ah, disco. You know what I mean? That yeah. it, it kinda gets shoved aside. Uh, it's not yeah. even really. It's not even that. No. About disco. No, about no. One guys, you know. Exactly. Breaking, uh, That's what I'm things. saying. But because of it had this, sti- not a stigma, but it was so put in with this thing, you know, disco or Beat Street with rap or even break dancing or you know, mm-hmm. like breaking. People, oh, I don't want to watch that. And it's a shame sometimes. Um, that is pretty right. much only about breaking. I know. I was going to say sometimes <laughs> they're right, but uh, you know. But Beat Street, the king of the beat. I heard you rocking that beat from across the street. You should check it out. All right. We're going to move on to number two. Hey, wait. wait. What? Let's take a break. Okay. We're going to take a a quick break. It's intermission. Rise and stretch time. Time to refresh yourself and visit our snack bar. Got a yen for hot popcorn? Your favorite soft drinks are sparkling cold. The juicy Frank sizzling hot. There's delicious coffee, freshly brewed, and all kinds of ice cream and candy to tempt you. Showtime will be announced loud and clear to get you back to your car in time. So stretch your legs. Come to the snack bar now. Hey, Mom. Yes, you. Why fuss and fret about dinner? Why not have it right here? Yes, this drive-in offers everyone in the family a real picnic treat for dinner. We've got delicious sandwiches with all the trimmings and your other dinner favorites, plus whatever you want to drink, hot or cold. Come early before the show starts, or eat while you're being entertained, or at intermission time. So why fuss? Give your family a tasty dinner at this drive-in. Jim Rex? What's Jim Rex? Would you believe a movie audience guide presented as a public service by this theater's management to help you select your motion picture entertainment? Well, that's what it is. And we urge you to learn these rating symbols and use them as a guide for you and your family. G means suggested for general audiences, all ages. M, suggested for mature audiences, parental discretion advised. R, restricted, persons under 16 not admitted unless accompanied by parent or adult guardian. X, persons under 18 will not be admitted. This seal in advertising indicates that the film was approved under the Motion Picture Code of Self-Regulation. And now, on with the show. You should just, you should just trade back every sentence. It's each word. <laughs> there you go. A real duet. All right, and our number two picks. Me and Eric both have the same number two and number one, so we're going to tag Crazy. team that bitch. Wow. Uh, we're going to start off with number two for both me and Eric. Uh, is Big, directed by Penny Marshall, starring Tom Hanks. For Josh Baskin, life was a little unfair. I told you to take out the garbage. Goodness, the bus. How can you tell you again, Josh? 
until he made a little wish. I wish I were big. Twentieth Century Fox presents Tom Hanks. Big. I turned into a grown-up, Mom. I made this wish on a machine, and it turned me into a grown-up. So now what? You get a job. I cannot get a job. I play with all of this stuff, and then I tell them what I think. Can they pay you for that? Suckers! Vice President. He's only been here a week. See that girl over there in the red? Short upper legs, man. He's so tight, you'll be begging for mercy. Well, I'll stay away from her then. I loved your ideas on the squeezy doll line. Thanks. What were you like when you were younger? Go well, I wasn't much different. Ejectorcy! Who are you? I'm his girlfriend. I want to spend the night with you. Do you mean sleep over? Yeah. Okay. But I get to be on top. What is so special about Basket? He's a grown-up. How do I feel about what? How do you, how do you feel about me? You're only young once. This is important. I'm your best friend. What's more important than that, huh? But for Josh, I miss my family, Susan, and I want to go home. Oh my God, you're married. It just might last a lifetime. You'll never forget Tom Hanks. It's Beluga. Penny Marshall. Starring Tom Hanks, Elizabeth Perkins, Robert Loja, and John Hurd. And I'm going to defer to Internet Movie Database, who said that this movie is when a boy wishes to be big at a magic wish machine, he wakes up the next morning and finds himself in an adult body. And that sounds like a sexy movie to me. Oh, what yeah. You, what about you, Eric? You think that sounds sexy? Maybe if we reverse it. Oh, okay. Um, I love this movie. I saw it. I actually did not see it in the theater. Um, saw it when it came out on video. And fell in love with it. I thought it was great. Um, to me, this is the opposite, not the opposite. This is the younger version of what I thought Weird Science was, where Weird Science was the wishes and dreams that a masturbating young yeah. teenager would have. <laughs> this is an eight-year-old's dream. You always want to be bigger. You want to do things that adults do. You want yeah. to get it. And what made this good, uh, really good to me, is the shit wasn't always that great for him uh, with Josh and this Tom Hanks. I don't know. Shit was pretty fucking decent. I don't know. He started out in that bad hotel. He was was very lonely. He he realized, you know, it's kind of a lonely life. Then it got better. Once he adjusted to the adult world, he got a little better. But then, then it wasn't... That's why you had his... Uh, Buddy Billy, who was there, and the stuff now that Tom Hanks thought was great, Josh in the movie, thought was great. It wasn't the things that he wanted to be as a kid. You know what I mean? Like, all of a sudden, yeah. now he's making more money, and now he's going to these fancy parties. That, this freaking, what is he, a 10-year-old? He is Something better like at being that, yeah. an adult than I am. Oh, he is. <laughs> but, yeah, he, but I'm saying, it, 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 all of a sudden, then, he missed out. And he became Michael Jackson. He didn't have a childhood anymore. <laughs> Next thing, he's got Neverland Ranch going and inviting Macaulay Culkin over. But, yeah, I really like that me and Eric have a big problem. I will talk that where this Billy, where are his parents, Eric? 
No, uh, Billy has a bunch of parents. I mean, like, uh, there's a deleted scene. Uh, the one I ha- I'm saying, I, I have, have never the seen an- the deleted scene. I have scene. the anniversary edition, which has the normal theatrical cut and the extended cut, where we see all of Billy's parents, like well, family, and, they're, they're always and fighting, his mother right? is fucking terrible. And it, it's it's actually t- I don't even know why they took this out because you want to feel bad for Billy a bit because of the piece of shit parents he has, and they took it out and you don't really have that connection anymore in the, a theatrical cut. Now, yeah, I just I we I would get the thing they must not care about him. He goes into the city. Well, he's got a bunch of brothers and sisters. Oh really? Yeah. At one point he's in the city. They don't they don't seem to care. Well, the, the whole, the the whole thing in the extended cut is where his mother's berating everybody at the table because she has to do everything around her. She goes to work. She prepares all. And the thing is, while this is going on, Billy is serving everybody food. It looks like he's the one who's actually does really? all the stuff around the house that his mother's bitching at everybody else about. Oh wow! So it's like a Cinderella story. Oh, yeah. That's only Billy, though. Like, he's the side character. Nobody gives a shit. All he wants is his friend back, and Josh is like, you know what? I'm pretty good at being an adult. I just got some poon. You know what poon's like? Pretty awesome, even though it's Elizabeth Perkins' poon. Yeah, they didn't care. I um I always thought, was it uh, was the red-haired kid on that uh, show, Salute Your Shorts, or was that Hey Dude on Nickelodeon? That, that was not him. That was the I kid know. I always too. thought when the, I always thought it salute was. Salute Your Shorts. Yeah, I always thought that was him when no, the, later the on. The kid from Salute Your Shorts, I mean, uh, the kid from this ended up going to do Pet Cemetery 2. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like, I, I never With saw Eddie that. Eddie Furlong. Jim's yeah. thinking of Danny, Danny Cooksey. Yeah, I'm just saying, I, I don't really remember watching much of Salute Your Shorts in general. I just saw I it, and I'm like, yeah, that's that kid. I always thought it was him. I hated that kid. I like this kid better. Uh, but no, they're all just terrible gingers all, all the way around. The, the yeah. ginger's always the fucking bad character. Yeah. 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 They have cruel mouths. Yeah. yeah. True and, I, uh, and no soul. <laughs> I had a big connection to this movie because this is the only movie on my list that I saw in the theaters. I saw it with my mother. And we had an ongoing joke throughout my like childhood where like if I was talking about something, she would just raise her hand and I'm like, no, no, stop. I don't get it. That's my favorite scene. It's really good. Great scene, and it reminds me of some of my favorite Transformers that I've come up with throughout the day. I hate you so much. Uh, Like this one, Reggie. Would you buy as a kid? Would you buy the Transformer that is a milk truck that (laughs) transforms into an ice cream truck? Wouldn't that be awesome? No, that is so awesome. What do it you was mean, a triple changer no. with a robot option. Nope, no triple change. You know, there's okay. no triple change. How about a police car that transforms into a ambulance? How about that? So Is that good? Is yeah. that good for you? Now, the, the thing about this movie that made me uh, laugh thinking back is it always reminds me or always makes me think of what I thought it was. Like what would what did big mean to me when I was nine or ten? Right. And I actually have two things that always to me, like if this was me and I went to the Zoltar machine and I did the deal, and uh, it would mean that I was allowed to eat a Big Mac. That was to me that was like the biggest thing that oh I could go to wow. McDonald's and have a Big Mac. And also then now this is going to show my age, but it was to stay up and see Johnny Carson. Wow. It was always the same, and the thing was. And you can tell me how great Johnny Carson was, but I eventually got to do that as a younger fellow. I, I didn't like either. I hate Big Macs, and Johnny Carson to me was just boring because it was just an old person thing. Because adulthood sucks. That's what yeah, that, you it know. Does. You thought it was something, then you got there, and you realize it blows. Yeah, and and Elizabeth, Elizabeth Perkins wasn't there. <laughs> I don't know because like Jim brought this up to me I think yesterday at work about what what it meant to you to be an adult like big and I I've had something that stuck with me my entire life where I'd be in the backseat of the car 
And I saw my father have his arm on the outside of the window of the car with his hand resting on the roof. And I thought that's what it meant to be adult. That's when I know I'm a grown-up, I'm a man. Get that wow. farmer's tan with that hand yeah. down. <laughs> if, you, if you could rest your elbow on the car of the, the window of the and car. Reach, and reach the hood. And, uh, not the hood, the front oh, the roof. the roof, yeah. 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 I, I, I still I watched, can't do it. Yeah, I watched this movie probably like six months ago. I had my family watch it. My younger kids hadn't seen it. They loved it. This is another one of those that I think is pretty timeless. Yeah. Uh, and if you see it at the right time, it really kicks in, like really kick ass. I just, I said to Eric, I was yelling at the one day at work that, that goddamn Zoltar machine, if, if you miss that fucking mouth, I don't, I don't like the skill part of that machine. Oh, it drives me nuts. You just want to get wishes for free? Yeah, really. Yeah. yeah, that's what you would do. I, I wish at the end he missed. Uh, but yeah, the, he, I, I want to see the aftermath where he has to go to therapy his well, entire life because he was therapy. kidnapped by kidnappers. Yeah. For yeah. months in his parents' mind. I want to know you what you see the sequel, Mazes and Monsters. Yes, no, that not shit, shit went wrong for him. <laughs> oh my goodness, he he took him with the wrong crowd playing Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, oh, uh, you mean you mean playing Mazes and Monsters? Yeah, Mazes and Monsters. <laughs> I um, I really um, Elizabeth Perkins should have been arrested immediately, and especially because she does she's there when he gets in. He you know he gets small again, and he's in yeah. those baggy fucking clothes. Yeah, but and, she doesn't fuck him then. Yeah, no, she fucked him before though. It doesn't yeah, matter. She, she, he she was still he had the mind of a child, Reggie. Yeah, but I the thing that bothers me that's I that's like the joke. Had sex the with thing that the does bother me like, in my yeah, in my mind, <laughs> you Josh gets back to his house and he goes in and everything's fine then. Like everything stops. Okay, yeah. we're back, and it really throw it throws me off that uh, because I think like Eric said he'd be in therapy. Um, but also I think his mom would be in therapy. They'd want to know where the fuck were you? Exactly. What, what is the Shit's lie gonna go he's going to say? What, exactly. Yeah, what is he going to tell them? Because he's got a lie. And he's probably, he, again, in that one time when he calls, he, yeah, he, he, we're having a good time. He's going to start saying, even if he says, listen, I had a good time. They were very nice to me. It doesn't matter. No. They're, they're going to want to know where he was. Take us to where you were. Take us to the house. Because obviously he would know, oh, we were in this hotel. What does he say to them? And if I'm not mistaken, Elizabeth Perkins gave him her number yeah. before he left. I'm saying so the only piece there. of identification or anything he has on him is this woman's number. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know when you turn 18, buddy. There's checks written into them, and uh, there's a lot of shit going down. There's going to be a a fucking shitstorm going down at that toy company. He made up a social security uh, number for that. Still, though, I think if they looked into it, they could find something. They're going to find find what? A man who turned into a boy? No, they just find his name. I don't think he changed his name. No, it's Josh Baskins. Yeah, yeah. They just find that. It doesn't matter. Social security number. He changed that. Whoop de doo. They're all going down. Robert Loge is in jail now getting raped. Ay, ay, ay. You know, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you one thing about this movie. It was so important to me that when I was when I was a kid, it was huge to me that I taped it off of cable, I guess, whatever, yeah. HBO or something, on its own tape. I didn't put any other movie on it. Yes. I used, remember the labels that used to come oh, with yeah. the tape? Yeah. I used the letter labels to spell out big. Oh, I think I think big. I had with Tom Hanks or nice. something. So it, this is important. It looked yeah. official, you know. This yeah. is an important tape. Yep. Yeah, I had. I probably had this at least twice on uh, 
VHS and then got the DVD. I've had this on pretty much every medium but uh, laser disc because I wasn't yeah. dumb enough to buy one of those. I had it on beta. I know. <laughs> uh, you have yeah. it on Blu-ray? Uh, I have, I have it on yet. Blu-ray. I'd like to get it. I should get it. I think you should. I watched it twice on New Year's Eve this past year. It's such a good wow. movie. It's one of those, another one. And I think that I said it before, but these movies on my list, at least, these are movies that I could watch at any point. If you came over well. right now and said, hey, let's watch Big, I'd watch it. I love it. I watch it with my kids, and actually, it's one of the movies that made me happy that my kids like. Like, I was like, yeah, beating them really paid off. Now they're <laughs> No, but they, they said, and I bet you one of my kids would probably say that this is his favorite 80s movie. I don't know which one that would be because I forget their names. One little yeah. piece of trivia before we move on, though. That song that the kids do with the Shimmy Shimmy Cocoa Pop and yeah. the whole dance routine, mm-hmm. Tom Hanks saw his kid do that, and he brought that to the script. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. You know what scene I don't like in the movie? He would have been a young father then, too. Yeah, right? yeah really. Uh, I don't like the piano scene. I really don't. That the was piano is the most iconic Yeah, scene. but it was because everybody made such a big deal about it. And I'm telling you what, back in that day, you'd have like Good Morning America in there. They had to bring it out. And everybody was, you know, every show had to do that. And it, it drove me nuts. Every other kid in the universe wanted that. except no, I know. I did. He, he saw you wanted that big floor turned, piano? He, he I didn't shoot. want that. I still want Josh Baskin's job, though, just to sit there, play with toys, and tell other people what you like or don't tell like about people it. Tell people don't, you don't get it. Yeah. I'll do I want to, I want no. this job sometimes. I'll, I'll want to go work for Imaginex. Creative officer for Imaginex. And then I'll be, yeah, I'll be John Hurd there. I'll tell you to go. Let's go play freaking, uh, what's it called? What oh, are they? Fucking squash. Fucking racquetball or whatever. Racquetball or whatever it was. You. I oh, would God, I, I, I would actually slam you over the head with that fucking racket until you bled. Jesus Eric, Eric, until there's nothing but handle. <laughs> uh, because he was a dick. He showed him up. He was as bad as that guy with the fucking, you know, when Luke says about the T-16s with, with womp rats. He's calling him out. I, I'm telling you, this guy's job is down the tubes because of This guy God. had shitty ideas. He was bringing the company yeah. down. Hey, I didn't see this company really coming down. It's just Josh maybe got a little ahead of the no, deal. They talked about the toy in the beginning when Elizabeth Perkins came in. They're talking about how the freaking uh, the sales were down on this toy that he pitched last One time. One toy. One toy. It was their big toy. I had to have Sorry. done something he, good. He's, he messed with the bow and got the horns. That's all. Yes. You know what I mean? <laughs> don't, don't, don't want none. Don't start none. Yeah? Right. John Hurt. John Hurt is such a good bad guy in this. Though. I like he John is. He's great. Yeah. Uh, what's yours, Eric? Uh, Reggie, what's your number two? My number two is Revenge of the Nerds from 1984, directed by Jeff Canu. Starring Robert Carradine, who I didn't know until today is David Carradine's brother, and you can yes. see the resemblance when you yeah. when you think about it. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Edwards, Ted McGinley, the real Ted McGinley. I love Bernie <laughs> Casey, Curtis Booger Armstrong, Larry B. Scott as Lamar Luttrell, and Brian Tochi as Toshiro Takahashi. Yeah, this and is, people forget John Goodman. Yeah, it's yeah, the he's the coach of the uh, football team. This is probably the most racist movie there's ever. I know. Been. <laughs> that's, why I, that's why I had to add those two because the. Oh my the, god! It the joke is so was racist. racism and homophobia. Yeah, that was yeah. the joke of Oh this. my god! When oh, Lamar Latrell with his limp wristed throwing style. Oh he god! Wins he's it. the best javelin oh, thrower. The best javelin thrower ever, and a hell of a rapper. Oh yes. I do love this movie, but it's not my top five. But yeah, I, 
It's funny too because I'd love to play this for my kids. It gets a little too sexy. It gets really sexy. See, I looked this up. This was rated R. I yeah. saw this in the theater with my mother and my father and my brother. Really? I was wow. Right next to my mother, and this was the first time I saw Bush. Yeah. The first time I saw yeah. you know anything close That's to vagina. Yeah. And yeah. I was sitting next to her, just kind of being like. We, huh. I know, I, I should not look over to my mother right no, now. You know? Hey, no. mom, I know what you got. <laughs> yeah, I actually, I, I should get like a TV cut, because it really, you could, the movie's good without that. But yeah, hey guys, wonder joints. I mean, there's so many it's, crazy. There's fuck. so much crazy thing, and like you said, I bet you it shocks a lot of people that this was all. Yeah, and not it at definitely all. earned it. Yeah. It, you know, it, it really would have been sort of on the cusp of them, but I think it yeah. was just too too many tits, too many. Uh, it wouldn't have been the sexual situations. That would have still been a PG, I think, in those days, because yeah, you yeah. don't really see, you know, the the closest you get is to seeing uh, the panty raid, man. The, well, when when he when he eats out the uh, alpha beta in the in the moon bounce. Yeah, the moon yeah, bounce. Yeah. That's Darth Vader. He he. he uh, well, it's like fake Darth yes, Vader. Yes, it is. It's fake Darth Vader. Off brand Darth Vader. Darth Vader you yes. know, and he. She thinks he's uh, Ted McGinley. Yeah, yeah, that, that's Robert Carradine. Basically, why is it? Why Stan should have went right in? Uh, what was oh, he yeah. thinking? Stan was doing shit, man. But uh, you know what? I even even we said about the racism that it even gets worse when uh, Robert Carradine has has paid to get all the tickets to kiss the. Uh, I, what was her name in it? The the main Betty. woman, Betty. Because Betty eh, kiss this nerd and gives him the fat lay, and she's so happy. <laughs> she's yeah. I'm like, God damn it, this is so bad. Fucked up. Oh, no, I'm saying you guys up. are glossing over the fact that Robert Carradine raped Betty. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's basically what I was saying. I think oh, this okay. whole at least misrepresented his. Uh, I'm telling himself, you, this, you know? this whole list of ours has a lot of rapes in it. <laughs> nonsense. That was it. That was yeah, the. You were allowed to do that. That's what yeah. the, Bill Cosby keeps saying that every day. I got it <laughs> the other day, but in. That's but, the way yeah, it was um, back in those days. But you know, it's back then we were allowed to uh, make fun of homosexuals and seems. Asians, and now we can only make fun of Asians. So yeah, and blacks. There's some a little bit. There was a little bit of. Uh, well, yeah, but, but it really wasn't. To be honest, they joined the Trilands. Because they the Trilands, joined the Trilands. Yeah. Telling you, yeah. Yeah. The, I'm saying the black guys showed up, and all the jocks from Alpha Beta, they just shut their goddamn mouths. They, that's they right. That's they didn't know what was going on. Exactly. I. And all, and I don't know. It also kind of made them look like drug fiends at one point. With it. I, it, I really like the. Uh, remember the song when the women are coming in, the uh, triumphs <laughs> are coming in. Oh, you ready for the sex, girls? That's one of my favorite songs you, of the year. You 80s. can hear Jim at any given time at work start singing this oh, song. Oh, I love it. I love that song. <laughs> Dancing wrong. Oh Dancing yeah. Along with a little that mambo song, action. I'm telling you, that song. I always loved it. And I could never find it, and then all. When MP3s hit and all the freaking Napster and that shit went down, one of the first songs I looked up found it. I love it. I love that song. By oh, the uh, by the Gleaming Spires. Exactly. I love it. I have it on my phone. I have like four songs on my phone right now. That's <laughs> one of them. I love it. And it's funny because the others, one of the others I have is the song that you sent me for our digital spotlight, which is their uh, song at the talent show. Yeah, right. they're big rap. They're big. Yeah, uh, that's great. Coming out, it's incredible. It all brings a tear to my eye. I love yeah. that town show. I, and I always love 
any movie that has like a competition like they have, uh, like almost like the Olympics. That's one of the big things I like in Meatballs when they have the big uh, the big <laughs> yep. competition. I love that. And in fact, I might have to put that uh, soon. I love Meatballs, but I do love yeah. actually. I just remembered it myself. Yeah. Yeah, I, I forgot all about it. Um, I loved Revenge of the Nerds so much as a kid. I was, yeah. I was almost obsessed with it. I had Reggie. Have you watched all of the sequels? I have watched. Well, up to Mission in Moscow. Is there anything after that? Put no, not Police Academy. <laughs> oh, yeah, I think they're, they're, uh, oh, yeah, I guess they I all have. run oh, together. Yeah. They <laughs> do run together. Uh, uh, Paradise. I, I definitely saw up to three, and I think I saw them all in the theater too. Because um, I actually, I think the third one was made for TV movie, as was the fourth. Uh, it was right. Revenge of the Nerds, Revenge of the Nerds Two, Nerds in I Paradise. Like Nerds in Paradise. Yes, I remember that. Revenge of the Nerds: The Next Generation. And then Revenge Boy. of the Nerds 4 and Nerds in Love where Boogie gets married. Yeah. Wow. I didn't see 3 or 4. The thing is, I there was a scene, the part in the 90s where 4 was coming out on television. I think it was on Fox. 7-Eleven had these special like offers where you could go get these 3D glasses to watch some of the parts in and these scratch and sniff things that go along with the movie. And I was all it was about it. 4D, wow. you're telling me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I uh, I'd never even heard of the 3 and 4. Nerds in Paradise, I, I, I love. I definitely saw it, too. I remember, yeah. I remember it pretty well. Well, in the third one, Ted McGinley comes back, and uh, in the fourth oh, and one... and he wants he, to be a nerd. Isn't that what happens? Or is well, Ogre... He, Ogre, Ogre becomes a nerd Ogre's in the second in two, one. which and blew the, my mind. Yeah. Yeah, which is incredible. And then the third one, Ted McGinley comes back and is still against him, kind of, but by the end becomes a nerd, and he's in part four as a nerd. That's great. I think I have seen... With, with, with Donald Gibb. I'm going to go. Really? Wow. Oh, my goodness gracious. They all flew in for Booger's wedding. Really? And Ted McGinley's there as a nerd. Why yep. was he a nerd? What did he do? Get a job that made him a nerd? What made him a nerd? He just, like, you know, he didn't want to have this whole bully persona anymore. So he kind of uh, said that that was all an act. You realize, you know, that you, know, you can't beat him, join him. Like, Pretty much. Uh, yeah, he, he couldn't beat the nerds. I still enjoy three. It has its moments, but in that one, uh, Robert Carradine decided that he didn't want to be a nerd anymore and was like really pushing the aspect of him aside to become like a sophisticated businessman with a ponytail. Really? Laugh. Right, right. Nice. This is, this is started, started to ring somewhat of a bell. I think I might have to do some research. I think three is better than two, honestly. But really? no, I like two. I didn't I, I don't see know. three. I, Maybe I'll have I to go watch I watched two like three weeks ago, and I just don't like that they changed up like the bad guys. You know, we had this new alpha beta, and like uh, we, they even lost some of the good nerds in that one. Wow. That's our number two. We'll do our honorable mentions. You can go first, Reggie. All right, my honorable mentions. I have four of them. Uh, Aliens, 1986, directed by James Cameron. Incredible movie. Uh, Police Academy, 1984, directed by Hugh Wilson. Pretty in Pink, 1986, directed by Howard Ditch, written by John Hughes. And The Sure Thing, 1985. Walter right. Gibb Gibson lives life on the edge. What do you think of that guy, Gibb? I don't. Forget it, Gibson. I hear she likes the intellectual type. It's all intellectual and stuff. You're flanking English. That's your mother tongue. It's stuff. Allison Bradbury favors a more orderly existence. 7 o'clock news, 7.30 shower, 7.45 phone call, 8 o'clock? 8 o'clock, I don't know, that's when I rearrange my sock drawer. They have very little in common. How would you like to have a sexual encounter so intense it could conceivably change your political views? Except that each has someone waiting in California. Gib, I'm talking to you cordless. What are you doing for Christmas break, huh? There's a certain someone here I want you to meet. For Gib, 
the girl of his dreams. A guaranteed sure thing. You want it. I want it. You know I want it. For Allison, her boyfriend, a respectable, safe thing. How about a good hot mug of China Black? And from a small New England college, both are willing to travel across the country by car. You know I should have taken the bus. What? And wind up sitting next to some sleaze bag? Some sleaze bag you don't know? By foot. By truck. So what's in California, girl? It's supposed to be a sure thing. A sure thing. No questions asked. No, no strings attached. No guilt involved. A sure, sure thing. Together, they must overcome enthusiastic travel companions. Hi, welcome aboard. I'm Marianne Webster. And I'm Gary Cooper, but not the Gary Cooper that's dead. <laughs> Hop in. <laughs> Personality conflicts. Middle of nowhere. It's cold. There's no cars. You stay in hitch. You're gonna walk. It's almost 20 miles. And don't follow me. And Mother Nature. I have a credit card. I have a credit card. Oh, my dad told me specifically I can only use it in case of an emergency. Well, maybe one will come up. But adversity often has a way of making strange bedfellows. Don't try it. I swear. I trust you. <laughs> and somewhere on the road to a sure thing, Allison and Gib just might discover the real thing. Beep. Thank you. Embassy Pictures presents a new film by Rob Reiner, The Sure Thing. My whole life, I never had a sure thing. Directed by Rob Reiner, starring John Cusack, Anthony Edwards, and Daphne Zuniga. Zuniga. How about you, uh, Eric? I got a bunch of. I'm, I didn't put years to. I didn't just either. I, I just don't worry about it. as well. But I just grabbed a few that I really enjoy that didn't make it on the list right off the top of my head. I didn't even look. But Karate Kid, Monster Squad, Big Trouble in Little China, Lost Boys, Gremlins, Labyrinth, and Evil Dead 2. Nice. Mine are, I have a bunch too, because once I heard you had more than four that we were supposed to, I went, no. We're like when you tell somebody, hey, we're only spending $5 on somebody, and then an asshole shows up with a fucking $50 gift. I have a Lethal Weapon, 16 Candles, Coming to America, Lost Boys. I'm going to get you, sucker. Die Hard, Weird Science, Princess Bride, This is Spinal Tap, History of the World Part One, Young Blood, which is awesome, Eric. Jesus Young Christ. Blood, and uh, Heaven Help Us. Why don't you just list every fucking movie and, from the uh, 80s, right? And then uh, I also have The Short Thing and Police uh, <laughs> Academy. And uh, for the most part, it? though, I enjoy all those movies. I do have a problem with Police Academy. I don't like watching that flick anymore. Yeah, you, I, you I don't, don't think like it holds this. up, but even as a kid when I watched it, the scene where uh, Commandant Lassard believes that Mahoney blew him in that freaking podium, yeah. it bothered me so bad Why? as a kid. I, just because now Commandant Lassard is going to believe that he was blown by this guy the rest of his life, and he obviously had a problem with it. I don't know. I he had really, a problem with it at all. I think he was very, he, very appreciative. He was no, very open-minded. When he looked back and saw Mahoney come out underneath, he had this look of utter I disgust. Was, I think he was just surprised. Yeah, I think he was like, well, I came. That's another, that's <laughs> that's another movie, matters. though, that has a lot of, it has a bit of gay bashing in that movie. Oh, oh yeah. Um, Sorry. I, I, had a lot of, I had a lot of racism, yeah, too. Yeah, as a kid, uh, I watched Police, and Police Academy, in my mind, I have a very, um, and it's a positive feeling about it, only because it was one of those movies, I believe it came on HBO, 
and I watched it, and I knew I wasn't supposed to. Right. And I laughed, and I thought, and it was so outrageous to me. Like, there's always those first, like, movies like that that you see that you think are so great. You have no idea just because it, it just seems so outrageous. I, yeah. I did like it. Beastmaster. Yes, Beastmaster. <laughs> hey, Beastmaster's on. That was HBO. All right, well, moving on to our number ones. Which number Nan one, Eric, number again, one. Again, Eric the share the same. Number one, Eric, you take it away. Back to the Future, 1985, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd. This is a movie where a boy goes back in time to have sex with his mother. Yes. That, that's what this is about, right? Yes. Pretty much. I've All right. seen many a movie since then about that, too. <laughs> I, I don't know, I'm telling you, it's hard for me to even talk about this because everybody knows this movie. A lot like Ghostbusters in my mind. And this is the closest thing, I think, to a perfect movie that could ever be made. I agree. I it really is. do. It's pretty, there's not it's much, pretty incredible. There's not much I can say bad. Like I can't really pick it apart much at all. There is nothing to pick apart in this flick. Everything is flawless from beginning to end. Yeah. Including the continuity changes from the beginning. Oh, it's so oh, it's good. Great. There's and so I know that probably ways. tickles Eric big time. Yeah. Oh my, it's so good. I'm telling you, and I did not pick up on a lot of these until the internet came out yeah, and started going gaga here. over it. I'm not yeah. very uh, intuitive observant? or observant with things like that. And boy, yeah, once I found out, it's funny. We mentioned that my one son, I got him the trilogy for Christmas. But even before that, um, they had seen some lists, like things you didn't realize in back to the future, and they thought they were so clever. And I think we watched the first one, and uh, we're watching this, and my kids are bringing up this thing, like the oaks, and the, you know, the twin oaks. The twin pines. Yeah, twin pines, I mean. And, uh, that they, was the big one that yeah, blew my mind. They thought they were the so kids. clever. I'm like, yeah, guys, I, I know this stuff, you know, this stuff has been on the internet and things, because they had watched some lists. But yeah, yeah, they even love it. Mike, every person in this house loves Back to the Future. This is, one of those, love it. this yeah. is one of those movies that we're talking about where you can just start watching. If it's on television, okay, I'm going to watch this now. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It's so I good. never saw... And usually followed by two and three. Yes. Usually, <laughs> anymore, it seems like. Yeah. Yeah. Ever since that anniversary, goddamn. Yeah. But uh, Back to the Future 1, I never saw in theater because it was 85, I was born in 82, but uh, Back to the Future 2 and 3, I saw right away in the theater. Because that was even one of my birthday gifts when uh when part two came out. Really? Was it eighty seven you said the two and three? Eighty nine. Eighty okay, wow, a lot later than I thought. Yeah, I was but not I know a they, big they fan filmed of those back to back, which was like huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, it was the first one that ever did that, I think, really. I besides for maybe yeah. Savage Steve Holland's freaking better off dead sequels. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah, I Michael J. Fox I loved. I I'm telling you, this is another one at, where you watch a movie and every time you watch it or through the your span of watching it, you come up like, oh, that's my favorite scene. Or, oh, that's my favorite. And yep. I said, right now I wrote down my favorite scene. Me and Eric do it all the time at work is Goldie Wilson. <laughs> all right. Thank yeah. you. Wilson. We were doing that the other day at work. Just oh, yelling. God, I love that so much. Oh, I love it. Uh, the one thing, though, this movie... As perfect as it is, was almost not because Eric Stoltz was cast yeah. as Marty McFly, That's and they shot weeks of footage yeah. before they realized this isn't working, and had to go and recast and shoot everything again. And that's I give him credit because they yeah. wasted a lot of money, and then it just wasn't working. He didn't have that that spunk all over his face. I've seen some of that footage online, and you know it doesn't work as well. No, I, I which is no Eric problem to Eric Stoltz. Oh yeah, you don't like him, but. Yeah, I don't mind Eric Stoltz. Uh, and uh, even the they get 
they get everything so right in this. And uh, I even put, I put the thing, the thing that cracks me up when I was looking up stuff and all that is I like the brother and sister. And I even like how they changed, but the yeah. sister, me and Eric were talking about recently because she is in Bachelor Party. And yeah. me and Eric both had a thing because you saw Bachelor Party, Sorry, right, Reggie? Uh, yeah. She was a doctor. And it married to another. I don't remember doctor. her being there, but uh, well, she's the one. Remember when oh. those Japanese guys show up and they're all horned up? She right, actually right. goes. And oh, and she's like, yeah, that's right. She's, she's all over. about getting gang banged she's by these get, Asian wants dudes. Wants to get gang banged by these Asian right. dudes. And it really, I was like, I don't know. She was never, and she was also in Bosom Buddies yes. with Tom Hanks. Never, you know, the hottest woman. Uh, boy, in that in that freaking bachelor party scene, I I wanted it. The, and, the weirdest uh, part about her being the sister, though, we see how everybody everybody in his family's life has changed for the better. It seems like I don't know enough about her to really get the idea that you know things are better. She gets to call boys now on the phone, and that's it. Yeah, she's like yeah. slimmer too, right? That's it. No, that's no, no, I, I thought I thought she was like she slimmed down a little. Who knows? Maybe. And uh, the brother you get, he's a businessman and still yeah. working, and he was Jimmy Olsen and sure Superman. Was. And was, I always yeah. laugh. I like that guy. Uh, but yeah, and then but did we say what happens to the uncle? Uncle Joey remains in prison. Yeah, I think nothing the changes. The entire for trilogy, him. and it's yeah. so weird because they keep bringing him up. And he's just this guy in prison that we talk about from time to time. Yeah, yeah. So he says better get used to those bars, kid. I love you know, that too. I got nothing that for you. So good. The best part of this movie uh, is the fact that the, uh, Marty is never called chicken. That whole thing is never brought up because that really bothered me in parts two and three. Yeah, yeah, it was it was kind of stupid. Yeah, I said uh, another thing I really like. Like it gets uh, pretty clever things. I really like when they're watching the uh, honeymooners. Yeah, and yes, he has already that. seen it, and he's like, "Oh!" And it goes, it's, it's like one line after the other. So. Yeah, and it's, yeah, and he's like, "What? Do you, what? Do you, what's a rerun?" He's like, what's "You know," a and, and then he even says he has what three TVs? Nobody has the mother. Oh, it's so nobody good. has three TVs, and then he has the he, he has the uh, vest on. The, hey, well, how long are you in town? That's so right. Or, jump ship? There's so many good parts. Then they're, hey, uh, yeah, the whole gag with the, yeah, of a Pepsi free. Hey, you're going to have to pay for that, buddy. Uh, yeah. just, I'll have a tab. Hey, you can't have a tab without buying. It's so good. And as much as I talked about Buddy Ravel being the best bully of all time, Biff, Biff Tannen is the number one bully. He's amazing. It's so good. And it's, now, Buddy would kill Biff, but still, Biff is awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. the thing. That's, but Biff, to me, is so good because. He's kind of just that town's bully that that isn't really like I, a bunch of people probably could beat him up. He was a big dude, pretty yeah. snazzy dresser too. But he was just like somebody who just wanted to be a number one. It's not like I don't know. He's not going to kill anybody, but he's just a piece of shit. I don't know how he didn't become a bigger actor. I don't even know his name off the top of my head. The only other movie that I ever saw him in was April Fool's Day. Yeah. Well, now wow. he does that stand-up comedy, and yeah. he had that. At first, he had a um, piece of paper, like a, a list, that if somebody came up to him and said, "Hey, uh, you were Biff. Uh, I got a question for you," and he'd hand him the piece of paper, and it'd have all the questions that he had, <laughs> and it's like, "Yes, Michael J. Fox is as nice as he seems. I didn't. <laughs> Crispin Glover's a nice guy. I didn't really deal with him much. No, I didn't do this. No, it wasn't really sh- horse manure." You know, shit like that. But he's also, if you go on YouTube, he does a stand-up and he has a song about it now that's basically about all the questions that he was asked. And, yeah, he gets asked the the ones you would think that he would get asked. I think the one he said the most is the one. It's either Michael J. Fox, is he really that nice, and also about that manure. 
Those are the two big <laughs> things. What a, what a weird thing. Is he really that nice? No. Yeah, yeah. He's a fucking shit And is brain. Crispin Glover like a weirdo? And he's like, I don't really know. I didn't hang out with him that much. Is, is uh, you know who Fox else is a one nice of my, guy? My I other, don't know, but he was shaking at me the yeah, whole time. Oh, you son of a bitch. Ooh. You know who else I really like in this? The, mm. That guy That guy with those 3D glasses on. 3D? Yep. Casey you know, Semenko. Casey Semenko. I actually, that look, always, I always liked it. So the minute I saw him, I'm like, that's a pretty fucking cool look. I don't know how great it would. It'd probably give me a headache. I want to walk around with those things. Eric and has his headband. I'm going to have those fucking 3D glasses. One of the other boys, Billy Zane. Yeah, yeah, Billy Zane. <laughs> it's so crazy. But, yeah, it, everything. And then that other guy that didn't do as much. Yeah, yeah, that guy. I don't that movie, that one thing that movie did that a lot of people don't talk about is it brought skateboarding back. I was going to say, oh, yeah. yeah, there was that. It was uh, the, the renaissance of skateboarding after that was tremendous. Yeah, it wasn't the Z Boys. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was not the Dogtown and the Z Boys. <laughs> not, not on this coast. I don't know. I'm gonna. I'll even tie it into that uh, revival of the uh, '50s music that Brian Setzer was pushing on us all. I'm gonna say it's from this movie. <laughs> though. It was not, but even that, the whole thing with you know, the soundtrack was awesome yeah, too. Yeah. And that's the power of love. Yeah, even that with and the the uh, having Huey in there with a little cameo, <laughs> even uh, it's so good. But yeah, well everybody's seen it. I can't yes. even say you guys should go movie. see it. But yeah, I, I'll tell you if you have kids and they don't like '80s movies or older movies, they'll like this. It's, it's so good. When they're about eight years old and they accidentally burn uh, like a hole in the living room rug, go easy on them. Yeah, go easy. On them. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd like right. to say, if you haven't seen the movie, then welcome to America. Yes. And uh, make yes. sure you see it as soon as you get naturalized. Yes. Oh, Jesus, Reggie. What's your so, number one? Uh, uh, I think we heard movie, that movie number before. number one best movie yes. of the 80s. Here we go. Is Fast Times at Ridgemont High. This Fucking came out nonsense. In 1982, directed by Amy Heckerling, starring Sean Penn, Jennifer Jason Lee, Judge Reinhold, Phoebe Cates, Brian Backer, Robert Romanus, Ray Walston, Forrest Whitaker as Charles Jeffels Jefferson, I love that. Eric Stoltz, Anthony Edwards, and Nicolas Cage as Stoner Buds. I mean, that's like three of the you know amazing actors as your Stoner Buds. Yep. Robert Romanus, fuck that guy. You don't like Robert, Robert Romanus? Romanus? No. Robert. That, that is the guy that played the bone, right? Yeah. Uh, okay, just making sure I have like. Yeah, a I'm, I'm not. A, I'm telling you, I'm not a huge like fan. Of, not a huge fan of Demone. God, I hate him so fucking much. I get, uh, well, me and Eric were talking about it. Uh, before you even go, I did say to him, I, I don't know if you agree, it was a pretty realistic movie. It, this wasn't like everybody being great. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's a yeah, lot of pieces I remember, of shit. I remember teens kind of being like this, yeah. a, lot, a lot of them. And, and Mike Damone was a shit-talking sleazebag who uh, got his comeuppance. So you got to love that. That's like Bill Paxton in Aliens, you know? Yeah. Same kind of thing. But uh, this movie was like my entire childhood up until I was about 11 or 12. I probably watched it on a weekly basis. I actually had, I probably first saw the TV version, which has extra really? scenes because they have to cut out uh, yeah. some of the nudity and cursing, you know. So there's like another scene with Spicoli and his stoner buds in the bathroom right after he calls Mr. Hand a dick is a scene I remember. Yeah, and, uh, I, did, I, do, I have seen that one, yeah. Yeah, it's it's just a different lot of shows like that. So I, I had the TV cut on a tape, and I had the movie at one point. I guess I must have taped it off cable. Nice. And, and my brother, I mean, really, it was my brother uh, forced this movie in the beginning, and then it just became part of my 
ritual to watch this movie constantly. And, that's it. and, and today, I like to say, I'm just a Spicoli. You are a Spicoli. So, I'm so laid back and cool. Nice. Did you ever watch the TV show? Yes, I did. That came out right around the same time as uh, the Ferris Bueller one, right? Yes. And, uh, remember who, do you remember who played Damone in the TV show? No. That would be one Patrick Dempsey. Really? Yes, he was Damone. Huh. Freaking Damone. And uh, Dean Cameron, one of uh, Eric's favorite guys. I love Dean Cameron. He yeah. was Spicoli. That makes sense. Yeah, he, he was Spicoli in that. I'm looking the at the from, thing uh, now. Summer yeah, School. From, from Summer Chainsaw. School. And you're from freaking, the show we were talking the about. Show yeah, you they like. came from outer space. They came from outer yeah. space. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Mr. Ham was still Ray Walston. He, he we, I think he was one of the only guys. And uh, we have uh, that Vincent Schiavelli, I believe, Chevelli. That is the teacher who was yeah. also in Better Off Dead. That I crazy just looking guy. Sanka, so yeah. Yes. yes. And, yeah, he uh, died. Yeah, he did. He died a while back. I, well, I mean, it wasn't because of this. No. But he also in that, in the TV show, also had Moon Unit Zappa, uh, Jason Harvey. Smith. Yeah, it has Courtney Thorne Smith. I'm looking at it now. Yeah. Yep. It had a lot of crazy people in it, but I went through a phase. Jason Lee had to get an abortion, and Damone wasn't even there to pick her up. Damone wasn't even there. He was a scumbag. I'm not saying... We also said that, uh, what's her name, Uh, caused all the trouble. Phoebe Cates caused all the trouble. She would have kept her fucking mouth shut by giving blow skis and how the older guys want the the action. Nothing would have happened then. She freaking had to listen to her, but boy, she was hot. God. I'm oh, telling you, though, totally. we talk about spanking at these fucking movies in the 80s, shit like that. The scene where Jennifer Jason Lee's just laying there naked, holy shit. I'm telling Wait you, a second. you're not spanking it when Phoebe Cates no. comes out of the water? What the hell? That's that's the time. Yes. I, to, every time I hear moving in stereo, my fucking heart rate <laughs> hard. I don't want to do it. And I don't know why, because I get more turned on when she walks into the bathroom and gets upset when she sees him. I love that part. <laughs> It's oh so God. bad. I get so much Reinhold for watching that. Talk anymore? Judge Reinhold, the whole movie to me is just the downward spiral that his life has become. He oh, yeah. Really, at true. the beginning, he's so, I'm a, I know, I'm going to be free man. I'm going to break up with my girlfriend. Then she breaks up with him before that he loses his fucking job. Then that, again, that's the whole clerks thing right there is when the fucking his buddy uh, who he works with goes to the bathroom and then he gets in that argument with the guy and loses yeah. his job, he, which I don't know about you. I worked at Hardee's while in high school. Nobody yeah. thought that was cool. I don't know when this, this fucking fast food restaurant was. <laughs> supposed to be so cool, but the next thing is he's dressed up as that fucking pirate. That was then the he gets caught day. jerking off, I believe, still dressed as the pirate, right? Oh, yeah. He came home, Didn't and have he the hat sees on. her, takes the hat off. I mean, boy, if this movie would have lasted about ten more minutes, he would have been fucking blowing guys in the alley for fucking crack <laughs> no, well, or no, something. He's redeemed at the end because Fuck he throws that. coffee in that one criminal's face. Yeah, that is true. I'm telling you, ten minutes after that, Blowing dudes in the fucking alley. <laughs> and then fucking, it would probably be Damone. Damone actually would probably get him up the ass and get him pregnant. Now he's not going to take fucking judge the fucking. Now he's thing. blowing dudes for Aerosmith tickets. He is. That, that <laughs> convenience store robber, by the way, was none other than James Russo. Was it James Russo? Really? Yeah. That's mm-hmm. crazy. You know who, uh, remember who the robber was in, um, Coming to America that, uh. Samuel Jackson. It was Samuel. When wow. Eddie Murphy gets him with the fucking sweep of the mop. So good. The leg sweep with the mop. But yeah, it was Samuel L. 
honestly, though, the way this movie plays out, I, I don't like any of the characters. No, like I'm telling you, it is just a progression of terrible shit happening to these people. And with me not being able to like them, I, it just makes me cringe the whole time watching it. Um, the hell Wait, was wouldn't it? you think that if bad things are happening to them and you don't like them, you'd be you'd feel good about that? I don't like what. Did you ever watch the movie Very Bad Things with John Favreau mm. and uh, Jeremy Piven and I think Christian Slater? This, Sounds familiar. This is a movie that came out in the nineties, I believe. I can never watch again because how utterly empty I felt by the end of it. And Fast Times does almost the same thing to me. Yeah. Well, I, I haven't read the book. I remember that's how much. Really? Really? Yeah. I. I liked it at first. I, I have grown not to like it as much. Uh, Spicoli was everywhere. That, yeah. It was such a oh, yeah. hit. And I like Spicoli. I like the whole thing when he. The best scene is when he's dreaming of uh, winning that uh, yeah, surfing yeah. tournament. That's so good. Me and Mick are going to jam with yeah, the stuff. Yeah, just, Where'd you get it, that jacket? <laughs> Let's party. That everybody was going on. And, and again, we said earlier that, oh, that it seems like a 70s movie, but Spicoli is definitely right in there with the oh, yeah. 80s. He's totally. such an 80s icon. It's funny that he went on to become I, – I, I've never heard him talk about Spicoli. Have you? No. Yeah, no, I think he got way past that. And uh, I don't even like Sean Penn. That's the thing. I don't like him as an actor or a person. Like, for some reason, whenever I see him now, it's all Mystic River where I feel dead inside by the end no, of the movie. I like oh. Sean Penn. I liked him in Taps, I, which I should have probably put a, as one of my 800 honorable mentions because I love that movie. I like uh, him in Wear, Wear No Angels, I remember. Yeah, I even like Bad Boys I loved with him. And, uh, yeah, there's a lot with of With Martin Lawrence? No, not that. No, not no, that no. Bad Boys is freaking... That, if you want to see a miserable movie, cop? go see Bad Boys. Freaking everybody... I think Ali Sheedy's his sister That movie's that. hilarious. Fucking Will it, Smith is on point. Yeah, no, Ali <laughs> Sheedy gets raped. Oh, just, you gotta take of, it back to rape. It's kind of you? funny though, I guess. Oh, is it? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Funny rape. Yeah, Amy Heckerling. I uh, she's huge, and she didn't. Her other big, really big movie was Clueless, and yeah. so much. It's weird because again, that's such a iconic '90s movie that she kind of jumped the thing. She also did like Look Who's Talking. Well, I'm looking at her at the now. Clueless was huge at the so, time. I don't think it's remembered as yeah, fondly as Fast Times. I think Clueless is, is pretty big, but the other movie that I would say that is very similar to what Fast Times was is Mean Girls. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, Definitely. That's like to me, that's the next. Uh, mean Girls is almost just like an extension more of Clueless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's, it's really all about you know the way kids interact and there's a realism to it. Yeah, yeah. Like I think Mean Girls is more remembered than Clueless, which is ridiculous because that movie was huge when I was growing up. Mean Girls was yeah. humongous. Uh, yeah, I like Clueless. Uh, Amy Heckerling yeah, like is more if I had to choose between the two. Yeah, between oh, well. girls and class. Heckerling also did um, All Is Quiet, what is that, uh, Decline of Western Civilization, yeah, one and yeah. two. That was yep. the heavy metal yeah, and, the heavy and metal hardcore uh, documentaries that yeah. are definitely worth searching out for everybody. Yeah, I'm looking at a bunch of things that she did. She even did some of the directing on A Night at the Roxbury. Whoa, <laughs> that was that, that shit with, uh, well, what the hell's name, from Friends, right? Am I wrong? No, no, right no. at the Roxbury is Will Favre. Uh, yeah. Fucking Will Favre. Oh, uh, uh, it's, it's that bit from Center at Live. Yeah. yeah, it's weird. She's listed Chris as Kattan. uncredited director. I don't know what that means. Weird. Uncredited Maybe she didn't director. want to be credited. Yeah. 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 Alan Smith. Here, uh, yeah. Some other that she directed, because she's a big writer, but she directed and writ, wrote uh, Fast Times at Ridgemont High, but she also directed Johnny Dangerously. Great movie. European oh, Vacation. Awesome. 
Uh, look who's talking one and two clueless. She's pretty big. She's a great director. Yeah, she obviously. Is. And, you know what? Johnny Dangerously is, is now on the honorable mention. Is it? <laughs> How about vacation? I'll Would vacation, you watch definitely. that too. Yeah. Classes. Vacation almost, uh, ended up in my most overrated. Though I, really? I, I, love that. I, I like it. It's just, I actually, you know what? If I really had to be held down to my second most overrated and people get mad at me about this, I think it's Caddyshack. Uh, I, I, I have to agree with you. It really was such a big thing, and I really never was that into it. Uh, there are certain scenes I like. I like Rodney yeah. and all that. And but yeah, overall, I think that's pretty. Uh, pretty much all the Bill Murray scenes are great, but a lot of it, a lot of it just drags. Like yeah, it just goes so. on and on and on. I was more of a Rodney Dangerfield guy. Like for his scenes, fucking hilarious. Oh, they're hilarious. They and, but, it, but basically, it was, "Hey, Rodney, we need you in this movie. Do your routine." Yeah, when he's eating, and he just gets up and, "Hey, the fucking I never saw a dead guy smoke." You know, it's everything from his well, routine. Saying, but it was back hilarious. Back to school as well. Oh yeah. Oh boy. Hey, I stick, put, stick with what that, works. I'm putting back to school on my list. Yeah, as well. back to school. Oh, <laughs> I love uh, that movie. Now, oh my goodness gracious! If I would have thought so that, good. might have even made my top five. God. <laughs> Damn it, let's start over, because I love that movie so it's much. such a good flick. I love it, too. Others oh, almost made my list. Rocky Four almost made my list. Mannequin's oh, my an honorable mention. Oh, God, I love that shit. Yeah. Oh, God. You can get Bernie's, too. Yeah. Yep. Well, it sounds like we have enough yeah, uh, material for another podcast. Yep, that is a, yeah, really, we can have the second round. <laughs> That's a wrap. Uh, yes, but that is it for tonight. Um, yeah, hope you liked it again. And that's it. Say good Go night, watch bro. 80s movies. Yeah, 80s movies wrong. Good night, bros. See ya.
You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.